You have now arrived at Stadium Engale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your Uncle Silk. You know this is your boy 35, the All-American. And then Dan is back again. Dan is back and you got the rhyme pattern going? Bars. What's up, Dan? What's up, boys? Big big win? Big Eight win. The season? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, man. Uh, beautiful, beautiful thing. You was in, you was in town. I was. You ended up getting into. Yeah. Um... Said big shout out to Annie. Got me some tickets up in the Champions Club. Uh, so was there. Mm-hmm. We had some uh, some friends uh, come up for the uh, game. We always try to get a game together every year. So uh, we went up to that one, and you couldn't have asked for better weather, uh, better tailgating, uh, good game overall, and then a uh, a night at uh, at Midtown. So uh, we'll leave the uh, the details for uh, the timeline. I think I even deleted a few tweets, but uh, <laughs> we, we we had some fun on the. Uh, on Midtown. What about you guys? Yeah. Where'd you guys watch? Yeah, it? here living out your reps, Dan. I, I appreciate it, man. I'm, awesome. I'm telling you, man. Uh, got a lot of compliments on the uh, on the show. A couple of random people walked up, and it always makes my friend a little uneasy when somebody's standing there waiting to to like jump into our conversation. Be like, hey, man, I recognize your voice. I love your podcast. It's like, thanks, bro. So big shout out to the five or six of you guys that did that. Yeah, we had a packed house too, man. Beautiful thing in Gainesville for a nooner after a loss. Uh, we packed the place out. Ahmad, man, how was your weekend? What you get into? I seen you almost died on IG with the workout. Yeah, my workout was my workout was tough. So I started my workout uh, on Friday. Uh, it was it was a little bit tough for me. Uh, my daughter got a a five k next weekend. I'm trying to prepare for. Um, I waited a little bit too late to start to prepare, but a little uh, bit. ultimately, yeah, man. But ultimately, you know, um, I still got a little bit of athlete in me, and uh, I should I should be pretty pretty straight. That's um, a long distance to athlete your way through. I'm, but she's eight. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of yeah. like, she's eight years old. Closing so. in on a wide receiver, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but she's eight years old, so I, you know, I really, I really don't, I really don't have to, you know. Uh, All right. You know, when, when you're walking a quarter much. of a mile through, she gonna be walking too. Because guess who? I'm the daddy, Dan. I'm, if I oh, say walk, we gonna walk, Dan. So right. there's no rules on this 5K. As long as you get the 5K done, I see you, bro. You know what I'm saying? All right. So then Saturday, we just, you know, sat home. I watched, I watched the game from home. Hmm. Um, we looked great out there. Uh, I don't know if Vandy was really that bad. Um, we did we did do some great things out there. So I'm uh, proud of that. Um, you know, Sunday, same thing. Just chill, hung out, did a little grocery shopping. So pretty chill weekend, man. I, I didn't really do too much. Why don't you let everybody else know what you did on Saturday to all of my text messages and phone calls? Oh, oh. yeah, that, so so uh-huh. so my, my <laughs> wife went off for a little bit. I couldn't I couldn't bring my daughter, but then Dan wanted me to be a, a college uh, student again, and I wasn't really <laughs> trying to trying to you bring know. a mind to the people, and a mind did not want to. No, I don't really like you know I I I love the people, but I don't you know Dan. Oh. It's tough for me. The, the midtown shenanigans you got you gotta be in the mood for. I don't think Dan I don't think uh Ma was up for it. <laughs> nah, 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 there was nah. there was definitely some shenanigans happening, so mm. 
Yeah, I didn't do much this weekend myself, man. Kind of relax uh, with, with the wife. They had a three-day weekend. The kids and everybody didn't have school or work today. So, um, yeah, I just kind of relaxed, watched some football. Actually, my sister had a get-together with the family or whatever Saturday. So, we was all over at her place hanging out and, and, and chilling. I ended up missing the same manager Sunday, man, because I was just hanging out with the family, man. We record Saturday, and I didn't feel like, you know what I'm saying? Stopping my moment and family time to record. So I was just like, you know what? You guys just go ahead, bro. I'm enjoy like these that. vibes. Probably wrong with the vibes. I like never, vibes. Never done wrong with that, man. You got to soak them in sometimes. But 56-0 was a vibe in Gainesville this weekend. Another shout-out. Um, right now, we're, we haven't took an L in our building this year. I think we finished nope. the season out that way. Uh, what's your overall take on the game, Dan? Hey, before we get into that, let's just give a shout out to our friends over at South Georgia Pecan. Uh, you call them pecans, pecan, whatever you guys want to call them. It's uh, it's fall. We got some crisp weather coming through. No better time to eat some, you know, the, yes, the pecans, peanuts, almonds, cashews, those logs that they have. Okay. They have some like white chocolate Oreos. They have all sorts of stuff. So give them a call. Um, it's also holiday time, fundraising gifts, um, and obviously, of course, everybody's favorite personal nut needs. Uh, give them a call, 800-732-2646, uh, 800-732-2646. Uh, go to georgiapecan.com and use the code SGP10, off, and then the number one. So SGP, the number is one, zero, off, one, and get 10% off your order. So, uh, yeah, but uh, big 56 to nothing win. That's the third shutout of the season. And uh, I think that's the, that's the most they've had in a season, in, I think, since the 80s. Um, and over the last seven seasons, they only had four shutouts. So no matter how good Vandy was or wasn't, that's uh, it's always a, uh, a hell of an accomplishment. Absolutely. Um, overall, I like. I think the offense. I expected us to come out a little flat. It's a nooner. Uh, we did first quarter. We didn't even score, and we still put put up fifty six points. So that just go to show you what type of how the offense was humming. Uh, in my opinion, the run game was 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 not there, but we kind of substituted it out with some swing passes and some quick things to kind of substitute not being able to run the ball. But what do you guys feel about the run game? We had some different people on the on the offensive line as well with Ethan White and uh, Richard Garage starting. So how do you guys feel about the run game and how those guys played? Um, I think those guys played played okay. Uh, I was surprised that when those guys got in um, that they played up to the level that they did. Um, you're right. We aren't running the ball like how we're supposed to. Um, again, it was Vandy. Uh, we opened it up a tad bit, uh, but we did offset it with some more screens. Um, I think we did an excellent job on the on the outside uh, with our blocking. Our receivers did a wonderful uh, wonderful job, um, you know, getting getting their guys blocked and whatnot. Um, we did a great job getting to the, to the chicken box after the first quarter, you know, and that's that's what it's all about in those type of games is playing great defense and and keeping it, the other team up chicken box, and you 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 try to get there. Straight Popeyes, Dan. I yeah yeah whatever you just said. Um, <laughs> no, that's uh, no. You're you're exactly right. It would be Chick Fil A more than Popeyes, but um, <laughs> remember, <laughs> Chick Fil A is all whatever. Uh, so anyway, no, I thought that the team played well. Uh, you know, overall, you know, I was impressed with Ethan White. Uh, you know, true freshman coming in, and you know, Derek Mason. No matter how good or bad Vanderbilt's going to be, you know that he's going to put together a pretty solid defensive. Uh, uh, package and you know according to pro football focus uh, i think it was them that said uh, ethan white only allowed one pressure on his 46 uh class blocking attempts uh during the game so um that's pretty incredible for a uh for a freshman uh what one of the other things that i thought was cool uh was 
that I think 13 players caught a pass in the game yesterday. Uh, they had 27 completions, and the most any one receiver had was Trayvon Grimes with four. Uh, so they were definitely spreading the ball around. You know, you saw Malik Davis get the ball. Tony got the ball. Uh, Cruel got the ball a few times. Damian Pierce, uh, P. Ryan. I, so some of these guys that don't often get it. And then you saw a little bit more again that Emory Jones pass to Jacob Copeland was was right on the money. Uh, it was good to see Tyree Cleveland get back involved in the game a little bit more. Obviously, Kyle Pitts had a hell of a game, too. So uh, it was great to see on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, a lot of players getting, um, you know, action. Again, the, the biggest question mark that we still have, though, is is rushing. You know, LaMichael Pirine had four rushes, 16 yards. Malik Davis only had three rushes for seven yards. Naquan Wright was three for eight. And Iverson Clement was one for five. And Damian Pierce was two for three. So, like, that's not good, right? Your top three uh running uh, or rushers on the game were Kadarius, Tony, Emory Jones, and Kyle Trask. So, um, you know, just all in all, really still struggling there, but you have to keep pounding the rock. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, I don't know what the answer is to it. I think with, with those those new guys that we just switched out and started, I don't know if we even switched out the heggy spot. He just had a head injury and was missing this game apparently. But I just think those guys – potential they have and, and how good they look the first game. Our run game is going to get started, whether it be in the end of this year bowl. I expect like bowl game for us to really like look a lot better in the run game. You know, once those freshmen get to all those extra practices and that long layover, I think we come back and those guys, you'll see them moving around and, and moving some people around. But the future bright with that offensive line. And, and they look how I thought they would look. Uh, a lot of people we asked around the team about the offensive line play and, they, they, and a lot of people have been saying that Ethan White has looked good. It's just like mentally, I don't think he knew all the calls and all that stuff. But physically, he's ready to play. And we got to see that a little bit. Um, I'm missing out of this this offense right now. We 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 definitely are missing running the ball, but our vertical offense is, is I mean, we see it a few times a game. I, it, it's hardly it's rare for us to see us throw deep shots in the last, I don't know how many games you want to break down, but we don't throw a lot of deep shots. What do you attribute that to, and what do you think we could do to kind of change that up? Well, me, me personally, I think it's, it's, it has to do with, with our quarterback. I mean, I, I don't think his arm is, is as powerful as, you know, obviously of, of um, what Felipe's was. I don't know if they don't trust it or what. Um, I, I, just, I just know, man, it's a, it's a couple of times we got players, I mean, streaming up the sideline, side man. We just got to get them the ball. You know, and it's cool to dink and dump sometimes, but, you know, sometimes you got to keep keep in mind and, and go deep. You know, we got to take shots. And I think we got the receivers to do it. I think Trask got a good enough arm to do it. I just don't know what it is. Uh, I'm going to tell you something because, like, this game, I was speculating because I just know for sure we got the better athletes on the field. Oh, I, sure. I know for a fact, playing Vanderbilt, we got guys that can blow by these guys. So I was kind of waiting to see that a little bit more this game. We seen a few towards the end of the game. Um. Shout out to Kyle Trask because he put up some awesome numbers. There's only two quarterbacks in the SEC right now with better stats than him, and both of those guys played more games. So shout out to Kyle Trask. He's putting up good numbers. But we're missing some parts of the offense, and I think there's some of it's like, I don't know, man. Like, it's going to be hard, bro. It's hard to it's hard to critique how, how well he's playing within his skill set and the, what the numbers he's putting up. Right. But to me, sometimes it seems like we're missing all the stuff that Dan Mullen wants to do what he really wants to do, you know? Like, he wants to call the quarterback dive. He wants to call a re-option. 
that one play, that one like hesitation, kind of a mess up looking reoption we killed LSU with last year. We haven't seen that at all. You know what I'm saying? That caused LSU a lot of problems last year. We broke a lot of big runs with that. It's yeah. just a lot of elements to our, our, our offense, I think, that we're missing right now. And, um, it's going to be weird to see how – I mean, we'll get into that later as far as the quarterback room. I don't want to get into that conversation now. But I just think it's certain things of this offense that we're missing. Um, no matter how good we look right now, I think everything that Dan Mullen really wants to do, we, we can't do right now. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I, you know, it, it definitely is a completely different offense, and, and you've seen the immersion of, of a couple of other players, though. Uh, you know, Kyle Pitts has had a great year, and I think part of that is due to his connection with Kyle Trask. And so, you know, it is a, di- a different offense. Um, you know, we've, we've seen Kyle Trask throw up, you know, for all intents and purposes, some ducks, you know, on some of those deeper passes. So I'm not sure if they just don't trust him. I'm not sure if it's a velocity thing. I'm not sure, you know, if it's a distance or an arm strength speed or a, an arm strength. Uh, issue but you know at the end of the day you know you, when you're watching the game especially you know in the the upper levels you get to see how open some of those guys were and then you even saw it in the Georgia game too so it is a little frustrating yeah. to see uh, to see that and then it's definitely frustrating that we don't have the option uh, to run the ball um, you know from that quarterback position because you know teams aren't afraid of Kyle Trask I mean no offense to him but he might be the slowest quarterback in the SEC right now so um, you know he's a he's a very very serviceable if not you know, very unbelievable expectation uh, setting season for him. But I think, you know, if Dan Mullen truly wants to run his offense, he's going to have some questions that go, you know, into the offseason of, you know, if we have an entire offseason to prepare, do we go with a guy like Kyle Trask who's shown that he can, you know, put the ball, you know, where it needs to be for the most part. and But also you, you've you limited the offense and you give, you know, teams an entire offseason, a scheme form it, you know, at least some question marks about what we might do in the future. Yeah, but also, I mean, you also got a question, too, because, it's like, I mean, we all said on the show last week we expected to see more Emory Jones. It's still a little heckless when he when he gets out there. I think, like, he's randomly thrown out there, and he, then he's not giving – it's not fair. I don't think the way they get thrown out there sometimes, I don't think it's fair to either quarterback because you throw Emory out this random series, he goes two downs, don't get the first down, third down, you run Trask out there to – to kind of save the, the the you know what I'm saying the series and the drive on third down it's a little weird, but I don't I don't like the way Emory Emory's been used right now um because that that's the guy we want that's the guy we think that has the skill set to run Dan Mullen's offense but when is he gonna get more of the offense you know like a 56 zero blowout I thought we were gonna right. see more than four pass attempts you know what I'm saying him really drop back and make some reads and do some things. And I'm just not seeing that right now. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a comfort level thing. I don't know what it is. But it's, it's frustrating to because you, you, you want to see what you have. And I think a lot of people think they know it, what they have in Emory Jones, but it's not enough. There's not enough game film for us to really know. So what, and we, yeah, so one would say right now, like in our mind, because I know how Dan Mullen is, not, is with quarterbacks, that he's not ready, Correct. Yeah, I, I personally, I, yeah, I, I personally, you know, I, I think if, if, you know, coach trusts him enough to put him out there for, for you know, that many plays, he's going to be out there. I just think, you know, because he's not out there, I think Mullen is, is, is a little iffy about him a little bit. Um, and that, and that is not a bad thing, bro. You know, we don't want to put out no bad tape, but if he's not ready, don't put him out there. And I think, <clears throat> I think Mullen kind of just holding him back a little bit because 
he feel like he's not ready, or maybe in the bowl game he's gonna, you know, exp- explode. You never know, you know. I had somebody yeah. on the timeline bring up something to me. I think it was Al. Shout out to Al, big fan of the show, big fan of Big B Roll Up as well. He came to the tailgate, but he brought up a good point about um, Emory's mental um, before he throwing him out there because of the criticism and the way we treat the quarterback position. That Dan Mullen knows the criticism that comes along with it. With it. That's be, that could be one of the reasons he's not fully throwing them out there as well because he don't think he's all the way ready, like mental, off the field, handling everything that comes with being a University of Florida quarterback. And, and that could be the case, um, you know, and we, and we don't know, you know, what, you know, the, the true reason is. But at the end of the day, um, you know, knowing what we know now and, and not assuming, you know, anything else, uh, you know, when you're up, what was the score? Forty-nine to nothing. When he really got some some actual playing time, uh, to me that's discouraging um, for our prospects of Emory Jones because it looks like he has it all put together. So there's got to be something that's missing there, uh, you know. Because Kyle Trask, you know, while good and you know, while you still want to give him some experience, you're up forty-nine to nothing, um, you know, and there's really no chance for. But for then, it, then, but then, then there again, you do see Emory when he like he throws the pass to Copeland. That, that, that pass was beautiful. He went three for four passing. So yeah. like you you see that he's he's not terrible and, and you see what he's oh, doing with his legs. So it's just like it leaves us like wanting more out of. We want to see more. Uh, I hope we got some more games. I mean the season's not over, and I think we're gonna have some more blown out opportunity opportunities for him to get some um some snaps. But I want to see more Emory. Yeah, it just seems to me like there should have been opportunities by now. Now though, right? I mean. You know, between yeah. this game, you know, Towson, UT Martin, you know, some of these other games, you know, there, there was an opportunity for him to come in and, and he's still not coming in. I mean, if, like, you know, like we just said, it was 49 to nothing before he was actually, you know, now the starting quarterback. Like, you could have put him in when it's 35 to nothing. You could put him in when it's 28 to nothing. Um, you don't really have anything more to prove with Kyle Trask. And, you know, Vanderbilt wasn't moving the ball, so you knew you were going to win that game. So there, there must be something, you know, going on that, that we, we don't know. Yeah, we'll see how it go. Um, that's just yeah. something uh, like the obvious stuff that we all see and everybody's kind of chatting about. So I figure we, uh, you know, what I'm saying, unbox to have a conversation about it. Uh, in the secondary, there was some changes before the snap. Um, for the first snap, they changed the starters. Um, it came out before the game in the news that Kyrie Elam was starting outside. Marco Wilson was moving to to the uh, nickel spot. And uh, there's a little riff about it between, I guess, with, with Dean off the field with the coaches that was reported. Mm-hmm. But overall, I mean, we were playing Vandy, so I can't judge a whole lot about how we look. But, of course, we look better. Vandy's on, like, the fourth-string quarterback, and he's a freshman or something ridiculous like that. So I expect us to look good regardless. But how do you feel about the move and, and, and how everything was handled there? I'll let Dan go first. I don't want to put that pressure on Black. <laughs> um, you know what? We've we've talked about wanting to move Marco to that star position for a while. Um, you know, I I was the one that I guess broke the news on the timeline. Maybe um, you know about Trey oh, you breaking news now. There you go on uh, on Friday. You know, talking to the coaches about you know wanting to you know permanently move back to cornerback. Uh, and I know Black thinks that he might be a better safety, and some of the folks in the timeline think he might be a better safety. But um, you know, so I again, it's it's one of those things where I think. You know, if he's at cornerback, I still think Kyrie Elam has played better than than he did last year. Uh, Kyrie Elam has the lowest passer rating against for all SEC freshman 
um, cornerback. So um, he deserves the play. Obviously, Marco Wilson deserves the play. And then C.J. Henderson deserves that play. So, um, you know, Trey Dean wanting to move back, I get it. You know, he probably felt uncomfortable in that star role. Uh, but I don't think that you need to necessarily put him up or I don't think that he's earned the spot uh, above anybody else, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree with Dan. You know, uh, it's all about putting your best 11 on the field. Um, and, you know, I, it's too late in the season anyway to even be trying to do, you know, position, position changes and all that. You know, it, you know, we're too far down to, towards the end, to the end of the tunnel to be trying to uh, change up too much. So, um, you know, secondary got to gotta get it squared away, man. We got to I think we should pick two starters at, at safety, two starters at corner. Start with the rotating and, and let's play ball. Uh, I think I think we're seeing some. I think we're starting to see guys kind of settle in, and you kind of see some some shift in some things, position wise. Like I, we we talked about the offensive line, and it was also reported that Dean's going back outside. So I don't think we'll even see him at the start no more. But we saw him a little bit outside on Saturday, so I think him being at corner is probably uh, he looked better at corner than he did at star. Uh, at least one of the two starters is going to leave next year, if not both. I think at the minimum, Henderson will leave, so that leaves a spot for him to compete at right away. Um, so, yeah, I'm not mad at Dean going out back outside, man. Uh, but like like Black said, like enough of the shuffling stuff. Um, I just want to see the solid guys back there. Uh, shout out to we called out some guys for not coming up and laying, laying some wood last week and all season. Uh, shout out to 31 for making some plays and coming up just hitting some people. Um, There's a couple of times he could have made a play on the ball, and I was just still glad he smacked somebody, bro, because we haven't been seeing that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad to see him get a little physical. Uh, Donovan Steiner got two interceptions. Shout out to him. Um, I'm going to give these guys their flowers when they make plays. So shout out to them for making plays. But this the week, man. Uh, let's finish out the East strong. We got Mizzou heading up. Uh, last week, what you did against Vandy. Well, I was impressed with the shout out any any team in the SEC. Um, we, that's not what we're looking for, bro. You know what I'm saying? We're looking to get to that next level uh, eventually, man. The next level is beating the Georgias of the world, but that's that's past us. So let's just get through this season. We got we got a big interview coming up, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Gator, great from back in the day. One of one of Zook boys back in All the right. day. You know, I think he owed me some money. I'm gonna talk to him about it, man. But he cost me a lot of money for the LSU game, man. Before we get started with our guest of the week, um, the interview with D Webb is brought to you by Brown Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, holler at my man, my man Greg, 954-589-2204. Big policies, man. Home, auto, anything you need, Greg can take care of you. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. First time on the show, we got another Duval boy, uh, Gator legend. Damn sure a, a, a Duval legend. Uh, D-Well, what's going on, man? Played in Jacksonville, from Jacksonville. Gator DB, how you doing, dog? Man, I'm all good. Can't be no better bless, that's all. All right, man. Glad you come on and chop it up with us and hang out, man. So... Uh, you from Duval, man. How you end up be, uh, becoming a Florida Gator, man? Like, what was your, your whole high school football like? Like, the whole process and how you end up in Gainesville? Uh, sure. It was a long process for me because, like, a lot of people know, you know what I'm saying? It was a last-minute thing with me. I was pretty much a hurricane growing up, and everybody just felt like I was going to Miami. But it came down for me 
playing time, and I was like the top DB in the country coming out. So when it got to the nitty-gritty part, uh, I wanted to go somewhere where I could go in and play right away. So I always had that model. I'm going in for three years and get on to that to that money, you dig? So that's what really came down to me with Zook. You know what I'm saying? Pretty much giving me a chance to come in and start as a true freshman. And, you know what I'm saying? Showcasing my talents right out the gate versus having to sit around or even dog on by the red shirt. So pretty much that's how I got to Florida. And like my granddad, he was a long life Gator fan. So, you know what I'm saying? Once he died and passed away, I just, you know what I'm saying, took him both myself, you know what I'm saying? Did something to make him happy. So, um, give us something about Zoo. What did Zoo? How was he on the recruiting trail, and what type of coach was he? Was in the locker room and around yeah. campus? Uh, Sue, he a hell of a recruiter now. I can tell you that. He gonna say what the clothes off his back, man. Like he said, he set the program to the fullest, and like I say, he used it to his advantages. Uh, a pretty much, you know, what I'm saying, guarantee us to come in and on compete for a star job right away. Like our class was pretty much a, a dominant class, and we got. They back to the dog on top uh top two recruiting class in the nation with Chris Lee, Andre Caldwell, we had the Jarvis Moss, Marcus Thomas, Chad Jackson and those people. So all of us pretty much came in and had a chance to come back and make it come in and make an impact early. So that's what he sold us on coming in and, and it is up to us, you know what I'm saying, and giving us a chance to be able to come and showcase our talent as a, a, a true freshman. So with that, uh as far as recruitment, he probably one of the best recruiters. I ever had to deal with or went through in the process. For the coach, he took the more of a, 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 a NFL coach style. You know what I'm saying? Do what you need to do, and and, and come on the field and make plays. Versus doggone Maya, he was a more of a, a college coach. You know what I'm saying? Player coach and one that type of coach. So that's what they had. They uh, differences in far their coaching style. Maya was one of those that you can see now as a, a great college coach and uh. Zip took his approach as like a being professional on uh, head coach, pretty much. Y'all know what y'all need to do, handle what y'all need to do, and get the job done. Uh, D, why do you think it didn't work out for for Zook uh, in the the few after a few years of being there? Uh, me personally, to give you the real, the raw diggity, I think they didn't give him enough time. You know what I'm saying? The first year he got there, he pretty much got a, a hand me down class to uh. Uh, greater gate, I mean, greater great, uh, Steve Spurrier, you know what I'm saying? He hit now since retirement, like a day before the crew in. So, once that happened, he like his first, first, uh, first recruiting class was pretty much a lot of hand me, hand me downs. And next day, transfer, they're pretty much going to other small colleges, you know what I'm saying? On the person that he really got that was a five star recruit that year, that everybody knows he's pretty much a gator legend too, a theatric phase and C4. So, with that, I felt like he got a short end of the stick, and then with us coming in the next year, he got a real good recruiting powerhouse coming in as far as the class that we brought. We want really pick or two whatever uh uh fight he was on. We was one and two, and like I said, all of us came in. And that's how he sold us to get there and get a stellar class like that, and get us a chance to come out there and prove ourselves early as uh freshmen. So with that being said, like. You got to deal with your first real recruiting class was his second recruiting class, and all of us coming in playing a true freshman straight out of high school. And you know, playing in the SEC, you know what I'm saying, coming straight out of high school, that's going to be a a, a a big transition, no matter how good uh, a high school player you come in. And it's a multiple 
a high school player come in and playing right away. So our second year when we had Zook, we still kind of was still on the learning curve and it wasn't right what up to Gator standards. So we still, like I said, we still was a young uh, group of guys that was playing straight out the gates. So we still was learning. Games we will lose late in the, in the game, we didn't ever got blowed out. But we'll lose games late where the immaturity came in and where we weren't really disciplined compared to when my came in we all were juniors been playing two years now and becoming into our own. So I me personally, I felt like he had if he had one more year, we'd have better got some things done for our SC championship and that things of that nature. Uh you sound like you like you like both dudes and a lot of a lot of runs of dudes after uh he left a lot of guys didn't want to stay and play for Urban, and we really weren't feeling the new guy. So it sounded like a lot of the players like Zook as well. Who did who did you like better, um, or did you prefer one or one one over the other with um, when they came in? Like, who did you click with better? Uh, I like both of them. They both of them had they they pros and cons. But I have to say, uh, excuse me, uh, Maya as a college coach, he really groomed us as a whole and was hands-on with all the players and made sure his coaching staff was hands-on with all the players. They wanted to know what we were doing, just not on the field, but like the classroom and what our family was doing and also having inviting us over when it was in doggone stand, and, um, and when it was illegal for them to let us come over and, uh, and, and have uh, off the field uh, get-together. So I say uh, as far as college, you got to go with Maya. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't deny that, and I don't think nobody that that played for Maya uh, would say the same thing. You know, what I'm saying I feel like everybody felt like he was a more hands-on, cared more about the players versus Zook. Like I said, he was more that NFL approach. Like y'all know what y'all need to do to get the job done. He never really was on us. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like why I feel like Maya was a better coach. Like and now looking back, he always wanted the best fight entry. And Mike was like <laughs> back then it was like, Man, why this man and my coach is always bugging me, like, leave me alone and that's kinda like a lot of us kinda took that approach because we was used to the uh what Zook and how he handled things, but it was all for our good at the end of the day. Talk about man, um, you know, at practice, uh the locker room, how was the camaraderie? Um, did it did it change? Did the atmosphere change? Like under Zook, huh. then it did Urban because you know I played for Urban, so it was like more of a fat family atmosphere. I know when we used to get in the locker room, dog, we ain't, we really didn't even want to go home. We used to be hanging out, you know what I'm saying? So talk about how Zook was and, and, and the camaraderie of the team. And that's and it's crazy that you say that, and that's what I mean by far as the different atmosphere that Maya brought to the organization, to the to the college, to the university to the program, it was like when Zook, everybody was in little pockets of who they hung out with. Like, when we was fresh and coming in, we were in, we, we really didn't hang out with the good Scott, the key ones and all that. We did our own thing, you feel me? Versus yeah. when Maya came in, it was more like a family thing. We had to embrace the freshmen. There wasn't no hazing of, yeah. of that nature. Like, we were de- dealing with when we was playing with Zook, where everybody felt like, man, they picking on us. We just go stick to ourselves, our recruiting class, and rock like that. Versus Maya, he came in and, and, and ended all the hazing and things of that nature and what made us more embrace the young guys and came in and spent some money and redid the whole locker room and made it well. We didn't want to go home, you know what I'm saying? Keep things in the locker room. We're bringing the PlayStation, the Xbox, and all that thing 
uh, and that nature to the locker room to make us want to be there more and, and, and find out and actually get to know us and know what we what we like and what keep us in a dog on group of a whole and not being in different little pockets. You know what I'm saying? Yep, so yep. I, I I feel like Mike did a, a very good job of bringing us together as a whole and becoming a uh, family, even though it might be players that we dislike, but at the end of the day, we're a family and got the job done. For sure, for sure. Is, is there a, um, I know how, how uh, Urban attacked rival week, uh, rivalry week, uh, as far <laughs> yeah. as like, like the Georgia, we played Tennessee, we played Florida State. Like he 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 get all into it. Did, did Zook act like that? Like how was he when it, when it was time to play Florida State, or how was he when it when it was time to play like Georgia? It was like I gotta say, I don't know. That was it was it was Zook second year second time around, so it was just more like a laid back approach versus yeah, Mario. Yeah, Mario was just learning. He was just more on like a wow, this thing is this serious down here. Like I heard about it. But I didn't know it was this serious. And like once we see, I had him that first year. You know, so I played for him that one year. So we're like, when right. he actually seen it that we came, it was like, wow. You know, his pay word, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what it is. Wow. Exactly. exactly. So it was like <laughs> more of a shock coaching than him. And like, they really, they really live and breathe as they fans, alumni, and all that. So it was like, yeah, coach. This is what it is. This is what you came out here, and what you told us. You coming to win a championship. So he just, I felt like he, he more embraced it and, and took on the challenge, and was like, "This is what I came here for. This is what I heard about. It's all everything I, uh, uh, I heard about, and it's living up to the hype." Hey, D, which player did you learn the most from? Obviously, you had some great coaches, and, and you have some great relationships with those guys. What players, and I know you got the chance to work with, you know, Gus Scott and Kiwan Ratliff and some of those other guys, but what player did you learn the most from? Uh, it's crazy because I didn't even play with him at Florida, and that's why it goes to that one. I say, like, look, in that area, we really didn't mess with all the class, and the person that really taught me and I trained with in the offseason, I always grew up uh, following because he's from the same shit. I'm from the Lido Shepherd. And he kind of embraced me and put me on his wing and pretty much teach me everything he know and helping me with my, my craft to get better. Okay. Hey, D. Give yep. me, I, I, need, I need a good crowd of story. Crowd of a fan of the show. I mean, you know, <laughs> all the time hanging out with us. We get all the crazy tales. What is the craziest <laughs> thing you ever heard about a uh, crowd around Gainesville or seeing him do? The craziest thing. <laughs> Man, I could man, I could go on on and on with. We got crowd. time, I done, bro. <laughs> I done been there and done some things with crowd to the point like, man, you really got me doing this crazy job. You feel, feel me? Uh, probably the, one of the craziest things, really, between being crowded or uh, going in the dog, driving in the deep with a in a dog or uh, a BMW, the X5. What we know in the head, we weren't supposed to be driving just off the, the night we had, and we had a bitch, he thinking it's funny. <laughs> I'm like, man, we about dead, man. He think it's just funny. <laughs> then we went to go the next morning, he started picking me up on the school. We still, you know what I'm saying, hung over whatever. He got me on the back of the school to ride through a speed or in a speed bump. He's fine. We're going to get tattooed. I'm like, man, I really, really deal with this crazy nut. <laughs> What's your favorite moment as a Gator, man? What uh, plan moment on campus, 
Give me, let me get one, one, one plan, and one just around school and whatnot. Ah, one plan. Or around the city, I would say, not, I, not I, just the school, around the city. I'm and gonna plan. tell you, I'm gonna have to go back to my freshman year, and that's when we went in Death Valley and beat LSU when they won. We the only team that beat them that year when they won the national championship. That was a big win for us. See, it was a win showing that us. Freshman that came in, that's probably like one of the biggest games of our dog on early careers. And we came in and had a business, and we all contribute in that game from the Chris Leeds to Andre Caldwell, Chad Jackson, me, uh, and dog on um, Marcus Thomas. So that's probably, and then Earl, I forget about Earl, freaking Earl. He, he was one of those dudes too that came in and started as a true freshman too. Yeah, yeah, I remember freak. one. I remember one LSU game. I was telling them all about it. Um, you lost me some money, man. Dwayne Bo gave you a hard time. I hate to bring it up, dog. Oh yeah, he <laughs> caught me on that deep post. You know, I ain't give up too many. I ain't give up too many. Yeah. It just looked too good. I thought I was gonna get a pick and a trip, though. He caught me on. You right? He caught me on the deep post. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, it's all good, man. Um, well, any moments around the city, uh, whether it's a club, uh, uh, around campus, any 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 moment that that you remember and. For a good time, we had a bunch of time. They told us in the, in the, in the Zook area, we couldn't even go to games there. So I'm going to leave those out. We was, we were banned from downtown, dog, on Jackson. I mean, at games, just off the crazy stuff. We was getting into brawls and all that nature. But for us, uh, good time off the field, I probably say, anytime my boy Andre could be a roommate, you know what I'm saying? It, he, was, he was the party man. I really was, I was a homebody type dude, but anytime I go out with him, we had a good time, you know what I'm saying? And probably the main one, like the one that's kind of mine right now, and my to tell you, man, that uh, blue and white weekend, the whole weekend from going oh, to... Oh, man. Dude, exactly. What's the blue and white weekend? Elaborate. Like, that's it, a it, yeah. yeah, that's a sigma. It's like a sigma big weekend, like, and that's the biggest fraternity on our campus. And like the football players, if you if you were in that fraternity, not time team, you would build sigma. So that's the only thing like they would let people pledge to. So I would have to say like blue and white weekend was probably the most no most blue white hype weekend. Built weekend. So I got plenty of stories. Damn, you would have been out of place at blue and white weekend. Let's just let's, let's get that clear. All right, Dan. You, sure would have. You, yeah, you, <laughs> you know. Hey, so I got some story about Blue White weekend, but you know, this I, I, I already know you do. Look, <laughs> to the skate station, <laughs> to a dog, it clean, pull this dog on weekday, all that. I already know. It's disappointing, guys. Disappointing. I feel left out, but uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> do, do you do you have any regrets about uh, leaving early and missing out on that? That championship year with uh, Meyer? I knew that question was coming. I could that question all the time. Uh, when I sit back and think about it, uh, I, I could say yes and I could say no. And I can yeah. give you both reasons why. I say I say no. I give you no reason why first is because as a junior, I was coming out all SEC and I was a top 50 prospect coming out in the mm -hmm. draft. And I got my uh, draft grade back. And it was late first round, second round. So it was like... I can't hit it just to go to the league. So when I got that draft grade back, I knew it was time for me to go. And then my buddy, like I said, my buddy Dre, Andre Caldwell, Bubba Caldwell, he got hurt earlier. Yeah, me and him both said, shoot, one of us got to go in three years. So when he got hurt, I knew it was on me. And then I say no. Because, like, 
everybody know I had gotten a little trouble when I went through the draft, and I I was an immature going out and not really having no real true guidance to help me make the right decisions. And I went out and made a poor decision, and then it led me going from first, second round to seventh round. And right then I was behind the eight ball, and then on top of that, my um my my senior class went on to win the national championship. So it was like, ah, oh, like, oh, dang, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of like, yeah, no, but for the most part, I feel like, yeah, I regret it. But you, you go ahead, Self. Uh, how how did it, how how was it playing in Jacksonville and being like being from there and getting drafted and playing in Jacksonville? How was that? One of the worst things could ever happen at the time, but it was a blessing at the same time. I ended up getting drafted still and getting my name called. It's, it's thousands of people, millions of people that don't even get a chance to even get that uh chance. They name even get called on that day. And for us, the bad side, just like being back in the home, uh, I city, being a legend from, mm-hmm. from where I was from where I was at. Everybody and everybody and their mama want to hand out. And yep. I really couldn't really tune in <laughs> and focus in like that. You know what I'm saying? I could never yeah. hide nowhere and be to myself. Cause everywhere I go, everybody know who I am. So it was like, it was good to be home and play in front of the home crowd. But for the, for the longevity of my career, I feel like it hindered me. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah, like, in hindsight, I, right? But in that moment, yeah. how did you feel? Like when you first got drafted and you were young and ball. Huh. Yeah, it, the feeling was it had to be different when you got drafted than what you feel now. Like, like it was a bittersweet, bittersweet feeling because I felt like I was supposed, to, like I said, I was supposed to go higher than what I did, and then it was a situation yeah. where I had something worked out for me to go to Houston, the Texans. You know what I'm saying? Coach Hope yeah. had called me up and like, man, you come right here and compete right now as a uh, rookie. You know what I'm saying? I know who he is. I know your background. Just Dulito when he coached at uh, Florida, uh, even the best head coach at, uh, at Florida. So. Then my hometown team called me on the phone. Y'all just paid Rasheem Matthews and then brought Brian Weaves and paid him all that money. It was like, man, why y'all even bother me? I ain't got a chance. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got a chance to come in there and, and, and compete for real because y'all paying your two cones all this money. So it was just like I said, it was a bittersweet feeling knowing that I actually got my name called and getting called by my hometown team. But it was just a bad situation because they had them play, paid two of their DVs. Uh, and they would go play them over me versus dog just with the money and the politics situation. Did you do you wish you know you're drafted what with probably twenty picks left in the draft or so? Do you wish mm-hmm. that you would have potentially you know I guess in hindsight wish you you went undrafted and got to pick where you wanted to go or? And yeah, that was the situation I was just explaining. Like yeah, Coach Hope called me and like told me the whole situation the day I had my draft card. And he was like, man, don't worry about it. Nobody draft you or nothing. You, know, you get no call or nothing like that. I'm I'm bringing you in here and you compete for a starting job because I need a uh, man-to-man corner. He just drafted J. Joe first round that year, Johnson Joseph. So it was just like they needed corners and they need corners with the caliber of skill set I had for us press man and the things of that nature. So it was like I knew I had a chance to go in there and submit my name in the dog on uh, on the roster spot and getting a chance to actually competing for a starting job versus going, getting drafted by my hometown team and just knowing I'm going to be, you know what I'm saying, third or fourth cone at the best. Hey, so you played out there, you got out there, played some games and whatnot. What was the biggest difference for playing in the NFL to playing in college for you? Man, me for me, 
playing in SEC, it was more of a dog on terminology and picking up the uh, the uh, the all the audibles and things of that nature, adjusting to different formations. But far as like physical skill set, man, playing at University of Florida, going against Tag, going against Dallas Bay, going against Drake Hallway every day, man, I ain't I didn't see a better core receiver like that. Then we happen to play against teams like LSU and they stack with Dwayne Bow, uh early do set, Craig um uh Craig uh Davis. They were like I used to tell everybody all the time, like Really, we I don't I downgraded far as going against my receivers every day in, in the NFL with the Jaguars versus what I went through every day in college. So like the speed and all that didn't change. It was just more of the term. It was a mind thing, the terminology, and knowing what you need to do on the fly. I got you. I got you. So talk about what, uh, what about you, Mark? Me? Shoot. For me, it was more of a like because you know I play safety, so. Um, the game speed was was a little bit different, not really. It was more of the quarterbacks. I was in the NFC South, so I had uh I had Drew Brees, I had uh, Cam yeah. coming on a little bit. Well, he came in the same year I did, um, but you know he yeah. came in and he was a phenom um, when he first yeah. came in. Um, and uh, we had uh, Matt Ryan that, that was doing okay down there too. So um, t- for me, you know, we had to disguise a lot more yeah. um, coming yeah. out. It's a little bit different, but you know, I had to disguise a lot more because. Um, whether people know it or not, um, quarterbacks look at the safety. It's always looking at the safety and seeing what high they in. Because you're looking exactly. at the safety to tell you everything you need to know. All right? So um, I had to disguise a little bit better and, and learn how to how to play. Um, coming out of, out of you know, crazy-looking formations, trying to get back to cover two. and um, So that was that was different for me. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a crazy thing. You just named not one of the uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You know, I had to go against Peyton Manning twice a year, too. So and we had this one rule. That everybody in the NFC, uh, uh, AOC South, man, don't get in your defense to eight seconds on the clock because he go pick you apart. So it was like yeah, you had to wait to eight, eight seconds on. The, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's crazy that you said that because <laughs> that's that's really what happened. So talk about talk about what you and uh, Bubba Caldwell got going on with your podcast and what y'all trying to get accomplished. Uh, what we got going on, we just want to uh give a platform for the NFL players. You know what I'm saying? We use it behind the helmet, you know that. It give us a platform there to express what the NFL, your professional level, your career done for you and how it hindered you in ways of getting you ready for the real world. And that's pretty much sharing the culture. So that's pretty much what me and him have got. Me and him have going on. There's no elevator podcast. Uh, and we bring in nothing but real dialogue we to 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 the uh the culture and to the dialogue world. That sounds dope. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up, man? We, um, this podcasting is those good ways to to kind of get your voice out there and, and 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 do your own thing and start other avenues. It's just a platform to do other things, man. I think you got I gotta check that out. Uh, I'm a big fan of Bubbles as well. So, uh, we find what do you guys have that Apple Apple title? What, what can we find it at? We're not officially launched yet. We don't did like a couple of episodes. We can start pat, uh, uh, releasing some slippers and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. then we finna have our first uh, guest, which is gonna be Calvin Johnson here on Friday. So that's when we pretty much probably go uh, launch it off and, and get it going right there. We can start Oof. dropping some slippers of what we've been doing. Nice. Yeah. So you been following the team, man? How you feel about uh, Dan Mullen and what we got going on right now? Man, I feel. We we're we're ahead of the curve. I don't think me personally, just just me talking. I think the SEC East is weaker than when we played back in the day. Cause like you already know what you go get this year is going to be either Georgia or Florida, like the last couple of years versus 
back in the day, you know what I'm saying, you had us, Georgia, uh, Tennessee, who come to play. It's like, yeah. I feel like we, I feel like we really should be in the SEC championship. That's how I feel, to be honest with you. And I just think we got to have that. We we missing the it factor. Like who missing that? Let's go get it. You know what I'm saying? It's clutch time. Let's yeah. go get to the just get to it. You feel me? Yeah. It's that dog. We you know we got exactly. the dog. But the dog we got it. We need one more level, one more notch to get the real the dog that's gonna bite you. You know and. Yeah. And it's pretty much like coaches. The coaches can go on and uh, do so much. You know what I'm saying? The players, we y'all out there. Somebody gotta make a play. You know what I'm saying? You, you might yeah. have to jump out. You might have to jump out. Yeah. You might see something jump out the coverage. Go make something happen. That's, that's bottom line, play. that's what I kept saying after the Georgia game. I was like, bottom line, like we had them in third and long, but somebody was making plays. Like mm-hmm. God, they were making some crazy catches, and like they were, they were making plays. We gotta exactly. make somebody miss and make a play, bro. How you feel about the DB play, man? Like, just, you know what I'm saying? Kick, we kicking it. Me personally, I'm disappointed, to be honest with you, with all mm. the hype we had coming into the into the season with our DBs, with uh, uh, Henderson and uh, nah, what's, what's the other one? Uh, Wilson. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, me Marco Wilson. Yeah, and I, me personally, those two, like, y'all big, fast, and strong, like, I'm telling the coach, me personally, this is my mentality. Coach locked me up the whole game. Who else? The best one, best one, too. Y'all play around that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I took my approach when I played. You know what I'm saying? Like, coach put me on the best one, let me lock up, and, let, and y'all play around it, whatever y'all want to do. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel like those two players should be. You know what I'm saying? I feel like. Henderson played a little bit better last year, like he just planned not to get hurt this year. So that's my that's my opinion. Hmm. I've heard that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to. I really got an opinion on it right now. I, I haven't really seen that, man. I just never really seen a physical Henderson to say he's dodging mm-hmm. anything this year because I've never re- really seen him be real physical in the run game. Yeah. I see him make tackles, but I've never seen him just come down here and really smack somebody or get physical. So, oh no, nah, I don't know if it's it's anything I'm seeing different this year. No, nah, you're right. I just feel like if I if I'm if I'm considered one of the top five DBs coming out in the country, man, I'm going to coach, coach mother. I'm going to the D coordinator. Like, hey, coach, uh-huh. man, let let's lock up. Y'all y'all just stack the box. We gonna lock up. You feel me? If nobody feel you on that. On the, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You gotta have yeah. those type of guys. Like, man, lock that's, me up. I'm go well. Let's go. That, that's the type of dudes we gotta have, though, man. You know, we gotta speak up. Close mouths don't get fed, so you know. Exactly. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, feel like you that dog. You know, like you like you say you you that dog, and then let somebody know you can't be a dog and, and don't say nothing. Let, exactly. It, it, it's got to be about what's best for the team, dog. And, and if somebody feel like you know we should be playing, you know, one coverage better than the other, or we feel more comfortable playing one better than the other, man. This 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 game, what number? Shit, let's shake something. What are we waiting on? Well, hey, about we got we have two ball players on here, man. I just want to have this conversation now before we get you all D. What what like there's just fans on the timeline sometimes complaining about uh, Todd Grantham going in zone too much. How does zone like when you're in the zone? Just to break it down to to dummies that never played football before. How does that affect the linebackers and, and your safeties as well? It's not just like you you putting your corners and they should just lock guys up. That's not how man works. So explain how that works if you got a suspect. Uh, linebacker, suspect, <laughs> safeties. How does man coverage work? They don't matter. Of fact, that's the middle. That's the meat of your defense. And in the zone coverage, you know what I'm saying. That have to be like the top player of the boss 
the head on the shoulders. You know what I'm saying? They got to know what everybody doing, the spacing of the field. Hey, hey hold so on. Hey, hey, D, you play under Orange? Y'all play Orange coming? Uh, what what y'all think defense was? Orange? Uh, yeah, you say, say that again? It was under Orange? That's man up. All right, then. That's all I know. Yeah. So, so continue. Yeah. So, hey, we on the same exactly. page, so. Hey, now we, you see what I'm saying? All this yeah. old shit, I don't know nothing about that, bro. I ain't on exactly. know about that. Exactly. Yeah, but you got you got you got to look like what what you had though. Like you talking about everybody go four five wide now, and you matching up with linebackers. Our linebackers are run stuffing linebackers. The ones we got that are on the field, uh, Ventura Miller and David Reese on guys you won't cover anybody man to man. You see what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. when we when we got them guys on the field, we get exposed if we're in man with them guys. Yeah, yeah, and like, and it's and it's and it's like this too. Like, if you don't have people that have the mindset to play zone, you dead too. Cause you gotta know what that person doing next to you, the person doing behind you, and the person doing in front of you. So, so, if you don't know what everybody else is doing, it's like you just out there really freelance for real. Yeah, yeah. And you see that sometimes, a lot of time in the zone, because I, I don't think a lot of these guys understand our zone. So even if we're in zone, sometimes we just look like nobody knows where to add some spots in the secondary. But we don't want to exactly. hold you up, man. I appreciate you for hanging out with us, man. This was a dope interview, man. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. I'm so going to holler back at you and Martin and all that us. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I'm, I'm down. You let me know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate y'all. Yep. Just nope, kicking Kyle. it with some legends, fellas. Just nope, kicking Kyle. it with some legends. I like to get on here and talk about ball. I, you know. Yeah. That's, that's, that was fun. That was fun. We got to some X and O talk. Yeah, but you know, like you was right. You right. So you know, we we, we did. We, people were playing differently. Then you know they weren't spread. I mean, it was spread, but not really. You know, and uh. Mm -hmm. But we we got it. We got to get it to where we 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 get better in coverage, you know. Because at yeah. the end of the day, that can't be our excuses that we got run stuffers. Because guess what? Oh. You know, the NFL getting getting hybrid tight ends and stuff now. So they they splitting they picking them guys up and, and splitting them out wide. You know, the Kelseys of the world and you know, all those yeah. tight ends that that's more more mobile mobile now. You know, you ain't just getting you getting more pits now. All right. Yeah. So. But if you look at like. The linebackers that that Todd Grantham is is, is recruiting, you're mm -hmm. seeing the hybrid linebackers. Uh, the the guys he got now, Randy Shannon guys, they like he, he, they're not bad guys. You know what I'm saying? They're not yeah, bad linebackers. Any, but yeah, it, by any. But the defensive, the, the, I'm sorry, the linebackers he's bringing in now, they look like the hoppers. They look like the Dewan Blacks. Mm -hmm. like they they look like damn near like receivers or, or you know what I'm saying or like right. defensive backs back there. But they 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 can come down here like Bernie. It looks mm -hmm. like Bernie. You know what I'm saying? Those those what our backers gonna look like in the future. And those guys could you could get into some man coverage and do some things, but I don't think we could just be jumping in some man coverage with Ventura Miller and David Reese at linebacker. Those guys are great in the run game and it's hard to take them off the field because of you know what I'm saying, leadership, calling oh, plays, getting set. You gotta understand, but, you gotta understand too. When you go to man, the boys got a back. All right. And 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 the the back coming out the backfield. You gotta get yeah. pressure. And it ain't too much stuff he could do coming out the backfield. Yeah. Let's just make that clear. It ain't too many routes from that. Yeah. You go mm -hmm. out the backfield and go empty, boom, you come out of that, you go zone. Yeah. But I don't know where it's confusing at. I, I just summed it all up in, in a couple seconds. We got it. But you, you, bro, you see, like, some when we do go in, man, like, <laughs> it looks, we get beat, bro. Like, 
ain't, ain't like like what like right before like it was one time on the time like right before um we started we got in the zone we was in man a lot this last game and then oh, thank God for an overthrow but somebody was shrieking down the field wide open safety in, in mm -hmm. La La Land he's nowhere to be found that you can't have, have that in so, man so bro how, so how we had it we used to want a, a, a one high right. You got a safety over top. Your safety going to be your, your middle player, your post player, right? Always, always, always. Everybody funneling into the safety. You got to stay heavy outside, right? If you Correct. if you stay, if you heavy outside, there's no way your man run a seven route. That's 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 horse crap. There's no way your man run an out route. That's horse crap. Because you should be eating that shit up. Mm -hmm. There's no way. And, why, and, and guess what you got in the middle? You also got a linebacker sitting in the middle. So you got a low hole player and, and a high hole player. Where you get beat at? And we still get beat on the seven route, getting beat outside. Yeah, you don't know how that's happening. Like a like a drum, like a drum, dog. So I don't understand. If if, if our coach got us lining up outside, there's no reason why. Guess what? When you line up outside, right on the run, boom, they run to you outside. The dude on the slot, he has to stay outside. Why? Because he got mm -hmm. outside on the pass too, right? So mm -hmm. hmm, don't I think I should have him outside on the run? Yes, you got outside. But since we want to duck our head and try to make the play, you don't make that play. You get beat. Now everybody's in the comp uh, compromise. Now you see. Yeah. Now the ball mm -hmm. hit the sideline. We got to get more physical on our. We got if we play outside, we got to we, we got to know where our leverage is, right? We got to know where our help is, and we got to know where our leverage is. That's number one. Before anything, before you even try to even get down in the stance, dog, you got to know that. You got to know where your defense is vulnerable at. You can't play no cover two and and, and not know you beat in a honey hole. That's in between your safeties and your corner. It's a gap, yeah. right? You got to yeah. know. You can't get a cover three and not know you get beat up your seams. That's right. That's between your safeties and your linebackers. You got to know that. You can't get a cover four and not know you go, you got to give up the, the short coverage, the, the flats and all. You got That's where you weak at. That way you got to let them catch it and drive up and hit the ball. We got to understand that, dog. We got to understand where we are vulnerable at before the ball is snapped, bro. I think we're doing too much of just getting up to the ball and, and because we're so athletic and, and you know we got good play call and we're getting away with it. But when people go to motioning and doing all kind of stuff, we we gotta it, it gotta it gotta we gotta have a comeback for that. And people are doing it because we're not disguising very well. I I, I can look I can look at our defense and tell when somebody's coming and when they're not coming. I can just look at it from the, yeah, from yeah. the game. I can tell yeah. you pissing me or not. You don't think the quarterback know? That ain't that's 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 poor that's poor uh, you know body language as as yeah. for someone who blitzing. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. we, we gotta get better with our disguising, bro. And once and once we do better with that. We're gonna be golden. Just know, know where we weak at. Get better with disguising, because that's what's that's what's ultimately what you're trying to do. You if you if you take the head off the snake at the quarterback position, if you if you if you trick him, nobody else. The coverage gonna be messed. I mean, the the the, the blocking scheme gonna be messed up. Everything, everything is gonna be messed up, bro. When you give him, yeah. you know, different different looks and, and, and ways to come at him. Man, get passing the mod, man. I just like to sit back mm. and vibe, man. But it's it's time for a mod word of the week. What you got for us, dog? Oh, man, Dan. You ready? Born ready. The word of the week is fluky, Dan. Fluky. <laughs> man, that's for that, man. Yeah. Hmm. They, they fluky. Hmm. Shoes you got on is fluky, Dan. Yeah, he ain't going to get that one. Ugly? Fluky can mean a, a, a couple, a couple different things. You know what I'm saying? Happy? Like, <laughs> the party was 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 fluky fire, Dan. And me and Kyle on the low was kind of kind of fire a little bit. Like if I say it was, it was fluky, fluky fire, 
Okay. No, no. I need, I need, I need some more. All right. All right. Then, hey, that shirt you got on Fluky. Fire. There you go. Boom. Shirt. Boom. There you go. Straight fire. Just flames. Yeah. So you go either way. Is it being, go, yeah. yeah. Wow. Versatile. Yeah. That's the word. You caught me off guard there a little bit. Yeah. See, I fluked up and got you, Dan. Yeah. Uh, I fluked up and got you. It's a fluky word, Ahmad. <laughs> Fluky word this week. I, I fluked up and got you, Dan. You don't know what to say. Fluky or fluke. It's all, you know. Then we're gonna we're gonna get like a little a little a little book for you with all the words in there. Then yeah, just study up and well, I think I think every every um at the end of every every football season we make a, a mod word of the week shirt. You know what I'm saying? Just all the words of the week on the back of a stadium and get a shirt. One and put I like, like that. Put, put like the definition like it is in, in That's right. That's right. <laughs> I like that. I'll buy. I buy some. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of folks that listen to this, the uh, the less urban crowd, would be more than happy to buy it. Absolutely. I just know. I just know. I know. Silk ain't buying wearing no shirt with my face on it. Oh yeah. Oh no. I'm not doing that, bro. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? I'm not, I'm not wearing Amaz's face or uh, shout out to Brandon Spikes. I'm a big fan of your dog, but shout out to Gator not. Kicks, man. Before we do this, that's a good little segue. <laughs> shout out to Gator Kicks, man. We'll get into this Mizzou. Our, um, Preview, good folks at Gator Kick sent me them shorts you got them out. I ain't flexing them out yet, bro. I ain't bring them out to the people. But I got <laughs> them shorts you got, and they fired, right. dog. So I'm figuring right. out how I want to put this ensemble together. I want to find me some some black and orange and blue-like shoes to go with it. Right now, I ain't got none, so I ain't pulling them out the closet yet. But if y'all need anything customized, whether it's gear, shoes, hoodies, hit up the good folks at Gator Kicks. And they'll hook you up, man. Uh, they're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. The website is thegatorkicks.com. Holla yeah, I didn't get boys. anything. I didn't get anything. Didn't get anything. I don't think. No. I think they're trying to find. Um, they're trying to find your sauce, your drip. What type? Yeah, of drip yeah. You no, like? I got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they ain't, they ain't got you point. figured out yet. So once they get you yeah, figured yeah. out, then I'm pretty sure they come through hey. some customized boots or something. Custom, custom boots or something, man. Yeah, custom. Yeah, hat, custom hat, suit, hat, something hat. like that. Yeah, yeah, the cowboy hat be fire. Ooh, cowboy hat. Yeah. You can put some it. palm, like they can like airbrush some palm trees on it, you know. Yep, already. Now, hey, get spooky. Y'all need to put if y'all. I'm telling you, Gator kicks. If y'all mess around and customize some of these boots, woo, That might be the market. That might be the market. I'm trying to tell you. Look at us. Look at us, business advisors. I tell you, and don't be surprised if I come to a Florida State game with some boots. I, I'm gonna be surprised. I'll tell you right, right now, if you pull up in some boots, I am definitely going to be surprised. All right, all right. All right, man, this week we got the Missouri Tigers, man. We're on the road. Um, this is a team that's a little up and down. There's nothing in spectacular about them, but we had troubles with these team, this team since they joined mm-hmm. the uh, SEC East. Right now they're undefeated at home, and we're going into mm-hmm. their building. They haven't beat anybody impressive at home, but nonetheless, they're undefeated. Dan, how you feel about the matchup? Uh, you know, so it's, it's weird because they're they're not they're, they're kind of all over the place. They have some you know some decent wins against South Carolina and uh, Ole Miss, and then they have some weird losses, right? I mean, they got blown out by Kentucky in like a third string quarterback. They lost to Wyoming, um, but like you said, this is a game that always kind of gives you a uh, I guess a scare because it's a it's a noon kickoff Eastern time, so it means it's kicking off at eleven. I think the temperature is going to be like in the forties. Um, Springfield, Missouri is not a, uh, great place to be. And so, you know, I, who knows? Um, you know, we'll see, um, you know, Kelly Bryant might come back. 
Um, so if he comes back, obviously, you know, that's a better version of them. Uh, I, I, I said, I said Springfield, I'm in Columbia. Um, but you know, with Kelly Bryant coming back, uh, you know, that obviously changes them and makes them a little bit more dynamic, but I, I don't think that Missouri this year, um, is as good as they've been in years past because w- they don't have drew lock and drew lock always seemingly had, you know, kind of a great game against the Gators. So what Florida needs to do is exactly what they did against Vanderbilt. They need to, um, you know, know that they have the better athletes on the field they're the better coach team. Uh, they just need to go out and play confident and, and not start off slow. Um, you know, that's a, that's a big thing that Florida's continuously done. And, you know, if you have a guy that's dynamic, like a Kelly Bryant, who knows what, you know, a slow start might, might yield. So go out, play your game. And, you know, I think that Florida is a, you know, 10 plus point, uh, winner over them. Yeah, right now with favor, I think the line moved up to eight today. Um, I like I agree with you, Dan. As long as we go out and take care of business, do what we gotta do. It's a known game. Uh business trip. Uh pack your business attire. We're gonna take care of business, finish what we, we, we started for this season. So I expect us to win. Um Kelly Bryant hasn't had hasn't done anything spectacular, he hasn't done what they thought he was coming to do. Um he's been injured. We didn't play last week versus Georgia, uh, with a hamstring injury. But there's, everybody thinks he's going to be back this week. Uh, I don't know how healthy he is or how that affect his play, but uh, if he's not healthy, we we should definitely even win that game by more. Um, do you see any potential hiccups? Uh, how's it how's it playing at noon on the road against like an uh, inferior team? How's I'm that? You right now you're playing at noon on, at home with at 40 degrees with a, with a hurt hamstring. You were just saying play last week. You ain't gonna be full strength this week, so. Either that had to be phony if he come out full strength this week, or he's not full strength this week. And you know that just playing with a with a with a hurt hamstring, that, that man, it's hard to run, especially you know playing a quarterback trying to be mobile. Uh, playing at noon, uh, at you know away, cold weather, um, it can suck you in and, and have you playing you know nonchalant, not want to be out there. Um, but this this gonna really test who really want to be out here. Uh, who's out here to, 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 play, to play football and who out here because they like to play football or they love the game. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't love being being out there in the cold and playing on, on a, in a game like this, with, with, it seemingly, you know, means almost nothing because we're in the SEC championship, to be honest. You know, we're playing for pride now. We're playing for, for our brand and the name on your back now. So so who really want to who really want to go out here and, and, show, and show we can come out here and beat these people at they feel at, at noon? Yeah. You know, hey, that's what it's all about. Hey, you know, that coach said it best. You know, we're going to find out who really want to play. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, they've they've let up a bunch of yards on the ground over the last few games against Mississippi, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Georgia. So, you know, Florida really wants to get its run game going. Uh, you know, this is a good opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm curious to see the game plan they have against Florida. I don't or against Missouri. Pardon me. I, I don't think that Missouri is is all that great. Uh, it seems like teams have been able to beat them, you know, kind of any way that they want. So, um, you know, it, it all comes back to that team being, you know, willing and wanting to play. You know, the SEC East, it, it, you know, theoretically isn't out of out of reach. So, you need to go in, you make sure you win this game and, you know, you go you know, you have a solid, um, you know, you have a solid year in the SEC East, and you go and build on that. You know, in a game against, uh, you know, Florida State, then the end the season, and then you go ten and two. I mean, that's a that's a hell of a season, especially two years away from you know four and seven. So you know, go in, win this game, get out there as quickly as possible. Uh, you know, and make it back to uh, to Gainesville, so you can so I'll go out in Midtown afterwards. Yeah, I, I expect it. I, like I said. Um... I try to even watch some of this Missouri's family. They're just not a real good team right now. 
but they always they always cause us problems, and we gotta mm-hmm. go on the road. Uh, I just I just hope, like as long as we're mentally in the game, and I haven't seen any laps like that where we come out mentally. Besides the Georgia game, uh, I thought mentally we wasn't there, but I think these guys will come out sharp and take care of business. Um, I kind of want to go over like where we at in the season a little bit. Uh, well, we have three games left. We only have two games left. So we have Missouri, then we yeah. have bye week, and then we have Florida yeah. State. So three weeks uh, left. Three, uh, three weeks yeah, left. three weeks left. Um, you know, we're gonna have um, you know, a national guy come on here in a minute uh, to talk a little bit about that. You know, but Florida right now is sitting in eleventh, uh, what in the AP poll, um, and they are you know, probably going to be, you know, in the same spot, you know, when the college football playoff comes out. So as long as you're in that, that top 12, you'll be back in the new year six bowl. So, you know, right now it looks like there's, you know, some, some things that have to move around for Florida playing the orange bowl. It looks like the cotton bowl might be, you know, one of those at large spots for the Gators, but, uh, you know, sitting, you know, at eight and two right now, um, you know, I like Florida's chances a lot to go 10 and two. And that's, you know, that's the expectation that Florida needs to have is that, that 10 and two, 11 and one, uh, you know, expectation, and, and we're hitting it with a backup quarterback. Yeah. Uh, the things at stake, this will be our second. I think these, all these games are big games for Dan. Um, this will be our second time winning 10-plus games two years in a row since 2008, 2009. Um, this will be our first time. We finished the season out. We went out. I'm pretty sure we'll be a top-10 ranked team. This will be our first time going back-to-back uh, top-10 programs, finishing the season top 10s since that's those same years, uh, 2008, 2009. So that, that, these are big seasons. Regardless of how people, you know, some people saying the, the season was over after Georgia, they're crazy. Uh, all these games matter. We get 11 wins, uh, two, like people see that, that we're almost there. Um, we're one game away from competing on the national stage. Uh, there's a lot of people out here, big names, blue check names that are saying that we play LSU better than what Bama did. Uh, we don't want no, no type of trophy for that, but we're, we're on that stage. We're playing with the big boy programs, and we're running um, touchdown for touchdown with the with with a team that was that's about to go probably win it all. So we're almost there, man. Um, we just gotta keep plucking away at this, man, and getting better. And like Amar say, man, just become just just a that that extra dog. We need we need like those that 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 extra want to, man. And that's all that we're missing right now. What's your opinion on on what we did this season and what we accomplished so far, uh, Black? I just think, man, <clears throat> so far we, we we still got you know um, you know opportunity in front of us to to be better than what we was last year. Like you just said, we uh, got opportunity to be what eleven and two this year, and uh, you know it's all about progression. We came out, um, you know, nobody expected us to win ten games last year. Did that, boom, you know, and you know obviously we want to be in the SEC championship, at least this year, playing for a national championship. Um, and we're un- unable to, to do that, but, you know, we still can, can win 11 games. And that's, I told you, like I said, that's what we, that's what we play for. You know, we, we play for, for our school, our brand, um, and, and our name on the back of our jersey, you know. So, um, you know, we finish it on a high note, man, and, and play hard these last few games and, and, and play for these seniors. It's, it's what it's all about. These, these, this class got a chance to go – um, they last two seasons with with ten plus wins, and that that's that's amazing. And ain't no senior class got a chance to do that in, in what? And how long? A long, long time, man. It's been, it's yeah. been a while. It's so, been a while. Yeah. so if I was the underclassman, I'd, that's what I'd be focused on: is doing it for these seniors and these guys that gave they all their blood, sweat, and tears to this program. Yeah, and also it'd be a, a long time since we have been on the street of beating Florida State, man. And it's 
like you said, it's, it's since y'all regime. Uh, my mm-hmm. so all of this stuff matters, man. All these games matter. Every, every milestone, man. That's how you get better. Um, you can't just push them aside. Uh, dandy facts. Dandy facts. Dandy facts. All right, boys. Um, I got Only a few. Let's show, I, I got a few. Um, <laughs> so, what'd you say? Hey, man, the people, some, some, it's too many people that are asking for it, bro. I can't deny it, bro. Yeah, you, you can't deny what the people want. want. Yeah. Dandy yeah. facts is fluky, Ahmad. All right. <laughs> 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 All right. So, um, I got a couple for you guys. So, uh, the Gators now have more passing yards this season, 2,885 which is more than last season with three less games. And it's their most in a season since 2009. And I think that they're going to pass it. They only need 500 yards in the next three games to pass that. So um, I think, uh, you know, that'll be the most of the Gators had in a season since I think 2008. Um, so, so that's pretty awesome. So um, the 56 points the Gators scored were their most um, against an SEC team or a power five team since 2008 uh, when they beat South Carolina 56 to six. Ahmad, you remember that game? Um, and then let's see, what's the last one? Um, we didn't talk about him, but, uh, let's give, uh, Muhammad Diabate some big shout out. Uh, yeah, you know, shout out three to Diabate. Yes, sir. Um, SEC freshman AK, defensive player of the week, I think. AK, yeah. AKA diabetes. Um, shout out to Muhammad Diabate. It was good. Like Dan uh, applauded him in his pressure today, uh, when he spoke about, Guys complaining about the snaps they don't get, uh, and guys that that take advantage of every snap they do get. He's a guy that hasn't got a lot of snaps, but when he get in, he make things happen. That's how you get more snaps. So shout out to Diabate, man, for getting busy this week. Yeah, that's definitely how you how you get people to notice you and and, and worry about you. Hey, where eleven now? Eleven in the game this week because you know at first people don't really care about you too much, man. When you're a freshman, and you ain't making no plays, but start making some plays. People gonna worry about why you ain't in the game if you ain't in the game. Keep it up. Yeah, and, like uh, Cam just hit this up, man, with the actual count: nineteen snaps, three sacks, and a forced fumble. That's how you get buckets. That's crazy. I, hey, only thing I ain't gonna lie. Hey, hey, Grenard, woo, boy, woo. I was just praying he didn't trip over his own feet running down that sideline. That was a nice look, Gallup. I'm glad to see him get a touchdown. Yeah, for sure. That felt good. The thing about was dude from uh, Auburn that did that. That's their their first uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown since 2016, I think, with Marcel Harris when he did it. So it doesn't happen very often. So it's awesome to see him. I mean, we all knew that Jonathan Grenard was going to be good this season, but I don't think any of us thought he'd be as good. It's a shame that he was unhealthy for uh, for a couple games there. But a big shout out to him, man. He's he's kicking ass, and you know, just got invited to the Senior Bowl too. So along with P Ryan and somebody else, he's got invited too. But big shout oh, out Reese. to those guys. It's Reese. 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 They had a, they can't have a Reese's uh, Senior Bowl without Reese in it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think we pulling up to the. I don't know if y'all boys going, but we got invited out to the Senior Bowl. The big D roll up did. I think we going out there. Oh, oh no, we, we invited. What, what time? Yeah, yeah. y'all pulling up. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna go to Birmingham. I just thought, January, I just, but you guys have hey, fun. It's in Mobile. It's in Mobile, Birmingham. It's in Birmingham for sure. I got I got time, so I'm gonna pull up, man. I can't I can't turn down a possible TV snippet, you know. So I gotta go up there and see what's happening. See if I can get on NFL Network or something. Right. <laughs> Hold it down, boys, man. Then who we got on the national scene this week, bro? 
we got uh, we got Matt Hayes. So Matt Hayes and I've been chatting for a long, long time, and we finally were able to to work it out. So let's get Matt Hayes on, and we'll uh, chop it up about some of the uh, national stores, and we'll uh, we'll take us out. It goes down in the DMs. Already. <laughs> You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is a senior national college football writer for Bleacher Report. Uh, he also has a uh, podcast on uh, the Stadium uh, app with uh, Pat Forty and I'm forgetting who you tell me. But Matt Hayes, it's a pleasure to uh, to chat with you this morning or this afternoon. Uh, Matt, how do you how do you think the, the Gators are doing? How would you compare them nationally to to some of the other uh, you know folks around the country? Well, I mean, I can say this. They're up seven in Tiger Stadium in the second half. Um, you know, you, you, you got to look at that team and think, okay, they're probably a few dudes away um, from, from being at the elite consistently. But, but you, you got to look at what Dan Mullen has done and the way he's gotten the most out of those guys, uh, the way he's changed. He changed Felipe Franks. He's, he's, you know, he's got a backup quarterback now with Kyle Trask, and Kyle Trask is playing at a high level. Um, you know, he's got a defensive coordinator that has those guys playing at a high level. I'm going to be very interested to see when he starts getting those top five recruiting classes like, uh, you know, like Urban Meyer used to get, like Steve Spurrier used to get, and starts really getting into the nuts and bolts of, of competing with Alabama and LSU and Georgia uh, on an on a annual basis. I mean, he's, there's no doubt he's undermanned right now as far as personnel. And he was in the, in the second half, late in the third quarter against Georgia last year, seven-point game this year. You know, you get a call either way. That one call, the catch that wasn't a catch, that's a four-point swing right there. So, yep. I mean, they're right there right now yep. with, with talent that I would say is not at the level of Alabama, Georgia, and LSU right now. All right. All right. Where, um, you, what do you think that Florida's, you know, gaps are – uh, moving into, uh, I guess, where do you see their gaps compared to, to some of those elite guys when it comes to a talent level? And at what point do you think that, you know, Dan Mullen's coaching ability might, you know, play off of, you know, maybe some perceived weaknesses in, uh, in personnel? Yeah. I mean, I think it already has. I mean, I think yeah. you know, the two all Americans you got with you, I'll tell you this too. It's a, <laughs> it's a line of scrimmage league. It, it, it is a line of scrimmage league, man. And when you can't line up and trade blows, or, or if you, you, you've got a line of scrimmage situation where you're not at the same level as the other guy, you've got to try different things. Offensive, uh, defensively, you know, you've got Todd Grantham who's trying to do things with exotic blitz packages and trying to switch things up. And then you've got Dan on the other side who, who is just really in every game, almost every game, he's outcoached the other coach just simply by his play calling and his, him putting those guys in position. Now, I, I don't want I, I to sound like I'm saying you know, Florida's undermanned because Florida's receivers are as good – as just about anyone in the country. They're really, really good on the outside. Um, and, of course, Kyle Pitts and tight end. I just think on the offensive line, they're a little limited in, in, in the run block. I think they're doing a lot better in pass protection than I thought a lot of people thought they would. But run blocking, I think they're just limited. And I, I just don't know that that middle three can get the push that they need to be the kind of inside zone run team that he wants. And, and it's, you know, and to be honest, really, guys, he, you know, Dan doesn't have the quarterback he wants either. He, he wants a quarterback that can run. That's a willing runner in the run game. And yeah. I don't think that Kyle's that. I don't think that Kyle's that, but I also think that Kyle's a very talented thrower. So you use what's good, you know? Yeah, I just we just we just talked about all that on the show. Uh, it's hard to complain about 
Kyle Trask and the productions he, he's putting out. But there, there's times in the game you'll see what, what Dan really wants to do when he runs a random dive with Kyle Trask and everybody's like, what was that play call? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that's what he wants to do. He sees the numbers. He sees the defense that they're giving us. Mm-hmm. Like, we can run on this team, but it's just not there. How, do What's your opinion on that? Do you think um, we have to see that type of quarterback for us to hit that next level of executing Dan offense? Yeah, and you know, I, I think I truly believe that Dan thinks that too. I mean, I, I think he likes where he's at right now. I think his perfect, his perfect world would have been Felipe developing into the kind of throw that Kyle is now, and that he would keep that willing runner, the ability to be a willing runner, and the ability to do that, the quarterback run stuff. But it didn't happen. You know, Felipe got injured, and, and he's dealing with what he's got to deal with right now. Now, there are other guys. I mean, I, I truly believe that Emory Jones is going to go into the offseason with the ability to win that job. Um, and Emory Jones is more of a type of quarterback that Dan w- would typically run his offense around. Um, the kid they got that they're going to get assigned in December, Richardson, another one of those very similar type players. And even Joey Gatewood, who, you know, is looking at Florida now, the kid from Auburn, also a very similar type guy that what Dan would be interested to run his offense. But, but again, if you've got a guy that can throw it like Kyle Trask can throw it and can throw it accurately, I mean, it's hard to sit that guy down, man, hard. Yeah, so that, that, that's my next question. So next year, Matt, you know, what, what is our quarterback situation going to look like? I know we, we got, you know, possibly Felipe coming back. We got, we got uh, you know, a couple of crews coming in. What does our quarterback situation look like? Well, my guess would be, and this is just a guess, I haven't talked to Dan specifically about this. Um, my guess would be that Felipe is either going to go play baseball or he's going to go be a grad transfer somewhere, be it someplace like uh, LSU or somewhere else where he, he can play at a high level. He's not going to go to someplace like, you know, no offense, Akron or, or Miami of Ohio or Memphis. He's not going there. If he transfers as a grad, as a grad transfer, he's going to go to a big-time program to try and play you know, in big games. Um, if not, I think he, he might just go with the Red Sox organization and, and try and pitch. I don't think he's going to be back at Florida. I just don't. It's just a gut feeling. Um, and then you've got, you know, then you're in spring with, with Kyle Trask, with Emory Jones. I don't know if Richardson's going to be an early enroller. You guys probably know more about that than I do. Um, but if Gatewood, if Gatewood signs with Florida, he's a guy that, that they think they can get a waiver for him. Um, they think they can get away from him to play immediately, Ooh. and if that's the case, jo- Joey Gatewood. Who and, thinks and that? And if that's the case, his quarterback coach, his oh, quarterback okay. coach uh, here in Jacksonville, oh, okay. they they think they've got a, they got a shot at that. So hmm. again, I don't I don't know if that's possible. We're going to see if it's possible. Um, we've seen we've seen appeals, you know, granted for a, for a lot of strange things. I mean, the reality is, Tate Martell said I didn't like my coach and got an appeal granted. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you just got to – it depends on what they're appealing, why they're appealing it, and, and, and basically what the NCAA appeal committee feels like that day. It's that crazy right now. And I've been saying all along, and the smartest thing to do for, this, for the NCAA to take care of this entire mess is every player – you guys will agree with this too. I know you will. Mm-hmm. Every player gets one free transfer. That's it, one free transfer in his career. And then if he wants to transfer after that, he has to sit out no matter what. If his parents are sick, if his buddy's sick, whatever, you got to sit out. You get one free transfer, and that's I don't it. Even, I don't even like that because, you know, now you can look at teams and say, oh, well, they, they look okay. They, they about one year out. Let me just go and transfer over there. They, they, yeah, they, I mean, it's – that's, that's stupid, bro. Like, you got to sit out. If you want to leave – you listen, we don't – speaking of school isn't just, like, overnight. 
You know what I'm saying? You got you got no. I'm with you. You got a couple mm. years to, to decide where what school you want to go to, right? So I feel like after all these all these times you talk to the school, you, you communicate with the school and the coaches, you go there and whatnot, and then you finally decide to go there. Yeah, you should sit out a year if you want to go somewhere else. Why? Could, how come you could just leave and just go play somewhere else? No, that's, that's goofy. You, you're. I, I look. I agree with you, but you're in the minority there. Believe me, because most players think they deserve that opportunity to go to get that one shot chance where I can go and st- and play right away. And it's. I mean, I mean, I can't disagree with them. I I'm with you. I'm on your side. I think if 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 you've made that decision, if you've gone through the process of hey. This is where I want to be. Then you, should, you know, then you should sit out. I agree with that. All but right. but the, the majority of players will tell you they'd rather get that one shot, that one chance. Then again, then again, you guys are old school like me, man. Believe me, <laughs> I know you're not. You I know, know you're not far out of playing ball. But believe me, so at some point, guys are going to start screaming at you to get off my lawn too. Like, this yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not totally. I, I don't. I don't mind it, man. I enjoyed. Uh, Trayvon Grimes and, and Van Jefferson playing right away for us and, and helping us play. So in some instances, I don't mind it. You, you know, like if it's warranted and for certain reasons, yeah, let them play right away. All right, um, so maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm saying it as they got to be consistent. You can't say this person can't yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. Cause I agree with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I agree and, with that. And, but you let right. take. Take Martell come and play on any damn school. That's that's bullshit to me. Right, and you and you still haven't ruled on Brenton Cox, even if you ruled no, you know, like one that. way or another. Same I mean, thing. Brenton Cox yeah. has, you know, announced his transfer before the season started, and you still haven't heard anything on him. And you know, Tate Martell was told in what a week that he could play. So it's just it's just it, that's, it's just that's, it's that's random. Fine. The problem yeah. is it's random. It's that, literally random with them, and there's no rhyme or reason for it either. There's no that, they don't give you any kind of excuse. Right, that's why I think I'm I'm, I'm having trouble with it. Yeah. So, no, I, mean, so I, Matt, I, mean, I, I agree with the idea of sitting out. I mean, look, Joe Burrow set out, and look at him now. You know? Yeah. Look at look at look at what he's done. There are there are countless cases of guys who sat out, and then all of a sudden they're a completely different player. They're more mature. There's guys that go in, and they're all American type players. So, there's no doubt there are success stories doing that. But but I, I think the way players are looking at it now is most of them are going to school with the idea of look, I, my goal is to play three years and go to the NFL, and then come back and get my degree later. A majority of them are not thinking, okay, I'm going to stay four years, get my degree, everything's going to be great, because they realize they're losing earning power then. If you stay four years, that's one year where you could be earning money for playing the game. Yeah. All right, Matt, what are your thoughts nationally? Um, you know, if you um, were to rank, I, I guess we'll just do a top six, because that's, what they, uh, that's how they announce it. What are your top six teams right now for the college football playoff? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think the playoff's going to announce. Okay. I, okay. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be LSU one, Ohio state two, Clemson three, Alabama four, uh, Georgia five and Minnesota six, which is, which is incredible to me because Minnesota was 17 last week. So now all of a sudden, because Minnesota wins at home in the last seconds with the help of a crazy pass interference call, they win that game. All of a sudden Minnesota is going to go from 17 to like six or seven, which in and of itself shows you, that that it's just I mean every people don't understand this man. People were screaming about the BCS. All they've done is gone from 120 something voters in the Harris poll and the coaches poll and seven computer dorks. They've gone from that to 13. So they've gone from like 140 mm-hmm. voices to 13 instead of all those other guys looking at it. Just 13 people saying these are the teams. There's no difference in the two in the two systems. The only difference is it's four it's four instead of two teams. And, and I think people kind of see it as, oh, it's this committee. 
you know, it's this grand committee behind the curtain, you know, like, like the wizard of Oz, but it's just 13 people. And believe me, I've done it. I've been in that room. I've gone through the, they call it a mock draft. Mm -hmm. I've gone through it. And it's, it's literally, it comes down to which team do you think is the best? They'll talk about all these metrics about, you know, um, home winning percentage, you know, best loss, worst loss, um, what's your conferences, you know, best conference percentage. They go through all that. At the end of the day, you are literally sitting at a computer and you're typing in the name of the team that you think is the best team. It ends up being the eye test every single time. All right. So that's what you said. You think they'll pick. What would you pick to be your top six? I, I, my, my top six would probably be, I would say, LSU one, uh, Clemson two, Ohio State three, Alabama four, Georgia five, and then six, you know, Oregon or Utah at six, probably. I, I think Alabama is still really good. Really good. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, two is playing on, on half, a, half a leg for most of that hoping. game. He was and, I, mean, I mean, oh, my God. I mean, that, he's literally limping around that last series, and he throws just a dime on that. Darts. Yeah, like, man, throw, goodness. Man. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if that kid's healthy, what are they? Is, is it like 58, 56 that game if he's healthy? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I still think Alabama is really good. Um, I, I, you know, the Ohio State is, is I just I, I want to see them play someone that can stress them a little bit. And they mm-hmm. have not played anyone that can stress them. And I'm not sure that they will. They get Penn State at home. They go on the road to Michigan. But what is that Michigan offense going to do to them? I, I, get a, I get a strange feeling that Ohio State's going to be unbeaten. They'll be 13-0. They're going to go into the playoff, and they're just going to get just dragged by somebody in the playoffs. They're going to be like it. the two seed. And they'll play, they'll, it'll be the two against the three, so they'll play like Clemson. And Clemson will absolutely drag them the entire night. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think anybody in the country absolutely drags Ohio State. I think they're, I think they're a good football team, but I don't think they're battle-tested. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they get – yeah. I, I mean, I like them. I like them. I, you know, I think they can do some damage. They, they, they show me enough, honestly. You got I, Joe I like about Fields. I was the guy who at the beginning of the season with Fields who I thought, you know what, you know, if he, if he was good enough, he would have played at Georgia. I kept thinking that he's going to play at Georgia. He's good enough. And guess what? He's really good. Really yeah. good. He's yeah. a good player, man. And they've got good skill guys. I just don't know. I mean, other than Chase Young, other than Chase Young and, and, uh, and the corner, what's his name? Yukuti? Yeah. Like, who scares you on that? Who scares you on that defense other than those guys? I mean, it's just I, I don't see guys that are going to make a difference in a game like that. Yeah. And I don't see other than Chase Young that that D line that's going to line up and 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 actually and actually stop somebody from running the ball right at him or stop that RPO game. But I mean, yeah. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong, man. I, yeah. I mean, I I think Clemson is a team that is just literally waiting there in the weeds, man. I think Clemson's gonna they're gonna get the playoff and play really really well. If anybody's not battle tested, Clemson definitely isn't battle tested whatsoever. No, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. Completely agree. But but I just. I just think, man, that team, good God, on offense. I don't know how anybody's going to stop him if Lawrence is on. And he's playing really well the last four weeks. But, again, like you said, they haven't been tested. And defensively, they might even be better than last year. That's crazy to say when you've got three first-round mm-hmm. picks in that team last year. Hey, there used to be a knock on the SEC for a while about his quarterback play in the board offenses. Do you, who has the, the best quarterbacks right now conference? If you had to pick Right one? now? Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's gonna. Be, it would be hard to argue against the SEC. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. It'd be very hard. I mean, if you're gonna pick someone that's close to them, 
probably the Pac-12. But, man, you're talking about Burrow and Tua and Prom. Uh, I mean, I, I – you, uh, you can get some respect to I love the kid at Ole Miss, Don Rice Pumley. I don't know if you guys have seen him. That kid, oh, my God. He's not that much of a thrower. You guys seen him play? Yeah. You seen him yeah. run that, 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 yeah. that zone read stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's some, it's some good quarterback play in he's, the SEC. He, he's going to – I'll tell you what. LSU's going to struggle in that game this weekend. Early. They'll struggle early because hmm. he really runs that zone read like to perfection, man. And he, he runs like a 4-3-40. The thing with playing LSU, the thing with playing LSU, you damn near got to score every drive. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. No, I, 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 yeah, agree. I, I Mississippi think can't stop LSU on, on defense. <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys know when you play, when you play big games, you're not only physically worn down from, it, but you're also mentally worn down from it. They're, they'll go on yeah. the road in that game. They'll try and like sleepwalk through it. And it's just not going to work for a couple of quarters. And then they'll just, they'll pull away. Yeah, I can see that happening. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, is a foregone conclusion that Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman? I mean, it's going to be hard to pick against a guy who goes in there and snaps that 31-game home streak for Alabama and plays that well in big games. I mean, every big game they've had, when they need something, it's him. They're down seven against Florida. He has two just almost almost flawless drives. Um, you know, they're, they're up six against Texas. It's a third and 19 or something. He rolls. He moves in the pocket. He throws on one leg, just this dart for a touchdown. And then, of course, the entire drive against Alabama when they're trying to salt the game away. He, he's a guy who just, man, you want to talk about a guy who embraces the big moment. Holy cow. He, it's it's going to be hard to vote against him, I'll tell you that. What about, what about Chase Young? You think he deserves credit? or? Absolutely. Absolutely. Unfortunately, I think, what, I think what's going on is going to hurt him. Like he, you know, yeah. He's going to miss at least, at least one or two games, if not all four. Um, and you know whether you think that's fair or not, it, it's up to you know wh- whoever's opinion. Um, I mean, I, I mean personally, I, I I think it's four games is a lot. It's a lot for that, especially since it was paid back. Yeah. But I, I get it. I totally I totally get it, man. I mean, it's it's the rule. It's the rule, and you got to follow the rule. So I totally get it. But yeah, he if if he's not missing games and he's playing, yeah, he's absolutely in the conversation. And, and this is a year where I think. That you got a guy that's got like twenty something sacks, he might be that might be enough to win it. Okay, I got a couple of coaching, um, like opinion hires, um, some jobs coming open. Arkansas can't open today. They fired Chad Morris. Uh, Florida State jobs open. Everybody's assuming USC job is going to open. Uh, do you think Auburn train uh, join them if they lose this weekend? Um, if Auburn loses. Yeah, I mean, in my impression, I think they got to. He he has to split Georgia and um, Alabama to keep his job. What, what's your opinion on that? Ooh, he's got to do that, man. He might be in trouble. I, I I mean, I can tell you this. I know Florida State's looking at him, um, and I and I know Arkansas is looking at Gus. Hmm. So Gus has other options, and he could also just say to Auburn, "You want to fire me? Fire me, and give me the twenty six million you owe me too." Yeah. I mean, think about that. If you if you sure. had a job. And some guy says they want you gone, but they're going to give you twenty six million. What are you guys going to say? Okay, great. Yeah, I don't Just, like living in Auburn here, that much. Here's yeah. here's my banking account number. Okay, stick yeah. it right there. But I mean, I I would say if Gus gets fired, he's going to have plenty of opportunities. Um, Florida State and Arkansas are right at the top. I I actually like Mike Leach for Arkansas. It's a nice, similar spot to like Lubbock, Texas, mm-hmm. and Texas Tech and Pullman, 
for Washington State. I think it'd be a nice little fit there at Arkansas and Fayetteville. And, you know, there's not going to be too much, you know, too much national attention, just like in the other places. And he can win eight, nine yeah. games every once in a while, 10, 11 games. Yeah, you I think? absolutely think he could do that. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, I think I so. Yeah, I think the so. only reason I, I struggle with that a little bit, just because not that I don't think that Mike Leach is a great coach, but Arkansas's won 10 games twice ever. So I, I'm just not sure that, you know, I'm being having to compete against Alabama, LSU, you know, whatever their crossover game is, and they're not in a recruiting hotbed. I mean, you'd really – and I like Mike Leach a lot, but you'd really need to find somebody that can be a dynamic recruiter that's going to pull people out of Texas, you know, out of Tennessee, out of Alabama, you know, some, you know, Florida even. I, I just don't know if I see it in Mike Leach. He got – well, he has Texas ties now. I mean, he was in love with Sure, Florida. yeah. 12, 13 years. So right. he's, got, he's got the ability to recruit Texas. Um, you know, he, he just has to get it some, some, some SEC, SEC experience assistance to recruit as well. But, man, he goes in there and throws that ball around. I mean, immediately yeah. he becomes a guy that they, they, they immediately can jump yeah. Ole Miss. They immediately jump Mississippi State. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know they, they, they could, they, they'll jump Texas A&M. I mean, people are talking about Texas A&M and Jimbo. Look, look at what Jimbo – if you look at what Jimbo's done, all right, you take away the FCS games and you take away the group of five games. I think his record is like nine and seven at, at Texas A&M right now. So mm. believe me, he's in a, he's in a situation where he's got a lot of work to do too. And, and I think Leach's offense, because no one else runs that type of offense in the SEC could give him a leg up. Absolutely. So who do you think um, Florida State hires? You think they're going to hire um, Bob Stoops here next, tomorrow? Or Deion Sanders? I think they got a better. I think yeah. they got a better chance to get in, again Bob's brother Mark. I think that's probably the best, the best chance to get a Stoops would be Mark. Um, I, I, you know, I think they're interested in Mike Norvell, who's the Memphis coach, who a lot of people are interested in. Arkansas is interested in him as well as the former Central Arkansas wide receiver. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Gus, I think, is another option for Florida State, which would be, and I think if they could get Gus, that'd be a great hire. That'd be a great because hire. Because you're looking at yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, be, I mean you're, that'd be a good hire for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're, I mean, the reality is you're, you're, you're dealing basically with just Clemson. So, so you could get to a point if you're Gus where it's kind of like it is with Auburn and Alabama where he's banging heads every, week, every year and he's typically losing, but once every three, four, five years, he's going to win and have a big season, you know? And, and could I see that at FSU with Clemson? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I see Arkansas. Just, Gus in Arkansas just makes so much sense. He's coached there before. Um, like a lot of it just lines up like perfectly. Like it almost seems too perfect not to be true. Um, I think either spot I think would be good for Gus. I think I think his time at Auburn has ran out. I, I don't see him. Uh, I think everybody's seeing LSU emergence in the SEC mm-hmm. West. The way this is looking is like a Bama and LSU thing. I think Auburn's gonna want some new blood here soon. They they gonna want yeah, some I, new, I, new flavor. I agree. I, I mean, I, I Auburn is. Believe me, Auburn is definitely apt to panic, and 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 if they see LSU now in Alabama at the top of the West, and you know they see Jimbo is you know he's been paid seventy five million and he's got to move at some point. Yeah, they're definitely the type of program that would panic and do something. As, as far as Arkansas with Gus, I mean I, I, it's certainly a perfect fit. But if you're Gus, do you want to go back? It's almost like going backwards, I think. And, and yeah. he's going to get paid wherever he goes. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that you. I don't know it's, that you want to do that because it's, it's essentially the same thing that Dan Mullen did. 
Yeah, but Dan uh, went from Mississippi State to Florida. That's yeah, he, he stepped up in a program, uh, at least. Whereas, whereas I think Gus would be going from Auburn, which is considered significantly better than Arkansas. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't leave Auburn to go to Arkansas, but that's just me. Um, I don't think you're going to have a choice. <laughs> Try to tell he may not have a choice. They gave him an extension last time. They gave him an extension last time because the Arkansas job was open. So, obviously, it's something that they feared. Uh, I do want to ask about one name that seems to be climbing up some hot boards now. Uh, talk to us about Joe Brady. You know, over at LSU, their passing game coordinator came from the Saints. He's young, right? He's early 30s, kind just of Dan Mullen. Yeah, just turned just 30. 30. So, Dan Mullen was, you know, offense coordinator of Florida when he was 31. Joe Brady's 30. You know, at what t- at what point do you think a team might give him a shot, or do you think he's going to be at LSU for a couple of years? Do you think the NFL, you know, comes calling back? What What are your thoughts? You know, it's interesting. I- I'm getting ready to go out to-, to LSU and spend some time with him. It's going to be fun to kind of talk to him awesome. and pick his brain a little bit. Um, he's, I mean, I-, I my thought process with him is, I know he wanted to get an experience running an offense, which is why he went to LSU. Um, and I know he loves the NFL. I've been told that numerous times by different scouts telling me he loves the NFL and that there are NFL personnel people who rave about him. It's not mm-hmm. just Sean Payton. It's uh, other people in right. the league who think he's going to be a terrific coach. So the question then becomes is what does he do? Does he, does he then go back to the NFL to be an OC somewhere in the NFL? Or, or, or is he, does he think, all right, my best shot to get to the NFL head coaching job is I'm going to run a program in college for three or four years and then I'll go there. Um, I, if that's the case, He's not going to take a job like, again, no offense, Memphis, Akron. He's yeah. not taking one of those group of five jobs. He's just not going to do that. I, I would think if he leaves LSU to take a job, it's going to be for a, a power five job and a job that he thinks he can win in quickly enough to where if something happens in the NFL on the right and the right GM says, I really like this guy, he could get that job. You know what I mean? That, that yeah. would be my guess with him. He's, he's I mean, I have talked to scouts multiple, three different scouts who just rave about him, who he is and his organizational ability and his idea and his ability to see things on the field, see matchups on the field that other people don't see. And he's, I mean, you can tell, man, you watch, watch that yeah, team. I mean, they're really good. They're yeah, really they're, good I mean, Joe Burrow was, was fine last year. I mean, this is not the same guy, um, but schematically, I mean, they just, they're beating people by scheme and talent. So, um, all right, Matt. Well, we're going to wrap up. Tell everybody where they can find you, and then tell everybody who you host that podcast with on Stadium because I messed it up. Uh, it's BleachReport.com, um, and it's a, it's a weekly television show. Television show, with, my bad. With, uh, yeah, with that's all right. With with, with uh, Brett McMurphy and Pat Forty running through the end of November, and we're still debating. Might be might go a couple weeks in December as well. Nice. I love it. Well, Matt, we appreciate you coming on, uh, and hopefully we'll have you on in the future. I know that you covered the Gators back in the 90s, so we want to get to some stories maybe in the offseason when we all have a little bit more time. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, folks. Awesome. Appreciate you Thanks. Me. All Thanks, right, Matt. Matt appreciate, appreciate it. it. All right, man. All right, guys. Thanks for coming. All righty. I got to correct, Matt. Um, dope, dope, dope. We got to get him on more often. Uh, dope national guy. But, yeah, yeah um, Joe Burrow transfer was a, was a grad transfer. He, yep. he did. He didn't sit out a year. Yeah, he's so, on our radar a little bit there too. So I just kind of remember how it all went down. Yeah, I remember there are a lot of people. A lot of people wanted, and then a lot of people are on the fence. I mean, 
man, what a QB room in Florida would have right now if he was there. So, I mean, um, you see, you see, but you saw him last year. It just it just goes to show you what a coordinator and a quarterback yeah. coach could do. A new guy come in. Joe Burrow didn't look like that last year at no. all. So, no, I like Joe show, Brady a like, lot. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You know, it's tough to be thirty and in charge of your own program. You know, being a CEO and everybody you have to report to because it's more than just you know calling plays and more than just running you know an offense or defense. It's it's the people you report to and everything else. So, um, so I'm curious to see what happened. But but it's good to get Matt Hayes on Uh, a different conversation. Last time he had that that uh, pump up article piece about uh, how everybody's blaming Jimbo Fisher for Willie Taggart's failures. Didn't mention it this time, but uh, we'll talk about that next time. But uh, anyway, we're going to do our deep dive with 35. As, as always, that's sponsored by Gibson Dive and Detail and Sean Gibson over there. Uh, again, servicing Broward, Miami-Dade, Palm Beach County. Gibson Dive and Detail uh, is going to be your go-to company for boat detailing, underwater, underwater hull cleaning, and dive recovery. Give Sean a call at 352-514-1486. Sean's a big fan of the show, big uh, supporter of of us in the Big Three roll so definitely give Sean a call. It's 352-514-1486. Again, even if you don't live in South Florida, give him a call. Robust referral network, anything related to your boat. So, Ahmad, question of the week. Deep dive with 35. So, we've played 10 games. We have two more left to go. What's one game this season that you wish you could suit up for? Uh, because either you want to add your talent to the backfield or it's just a game that you want to play in again. Uh I would have to say Florida, Georgia. That was one of my favorite games. I love playing Florida, Georgia. That was a big one for us this year. Um, I definitely would have came out and uh, caused some damage. You know, last last Florida, Georgia game I was in, I did a little damage. The one before that, a uh, little bit of damage. The one before that, a little bit of damage. So uh, I felt like I, I, I could have uh, made a little impact. I think you could have made an impact on every single game from the safety position. Every I think I could have made an impact. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you guys are both All-American, so I'm yeah, not sure you're two, an All-American two, in Yeah, two people don't call me All-American. I just need my brick. Um, That's all you need? Yeah, hey, hey, give me a sit-down with Strickland whenever you get a chance, Amon. I appreciate it, bro. <laughs> I got you. I, got you. <laughs> okay, I love it. I forgot uh, to put my brick outside. I don't know what's going on. That's right, yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. You can you can put your brick where Hernandez's brick was. Um, Bam. Oh, guys, we, we forgot to mention. Uh, you guys are going to listen to this on Tuesday. Uh, but it's no, uh, November 11th, so it's Veterans Day. Um, so I want to give a big shout-out. My, yeah, uh, my, dad, my dad's yeah, dad sure. served uh, in World War II. Uh, he passed away when I was four, uh, but he was there uh, storming the beaches of Normandy. So I want to thank him. I want to thank everybody uh, that I know uh, and anybody sure. that served. Um, thank you for, for the sacrifice for the country um, and uh, putting yourself in, in harm's way to protect our freedom. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, shout-out yeah, shout to uh... – uh, Daddy, Daddy, Danny, and, and my pops. My pops was, is a vet. I uh, served in the Navy uh, around Gulf time. Uh, shout out to my brother. He's a chief. He was in the Navy before. Now he's in the United States Coast Guard. He's a chief doing the whole career thing. So shout out to the vets. Yeah, yeah. Cam, my dad Cam's grandfather. Yeah. My, my dad uh, did 10 years in the Navy. But Cam's Japan. He might be on the other side of the war. I'm not sure. Nah. My, my dad, my dad did uh, ten, ten years in the Navy. We did ten years in the Army, and then five years Army Reserve. So total twenty five awesome. years. So. Nah, I can't let y'all no, hate on me no. like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my you grandpa never, brought my grandma home him. from the war. So what's up? What happened? I said my grandpa brought my grandma back from the war. 
Oh, you see? Awesome. See? Yeah, romantic. See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Shout out to mm-hmm. war. Yeah, she had to get yeah. her parents and everything. Sometimes there's love somewhere. In the war, in the midst of war, huh? Yeah. Somewhere in the war. Somewhere in the war. They got to slap them cheeks. I'm trying to tell you. Baby, in the back and all. Boom, boom, Cheek, cheek slap different after you win the world war. <laughs> definitely, yeah, man. man. Definitely. Hey, hey, rest, 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 rest in heaven, pops. We out there going bang, bang, bang. No, <laughs> yeah, rest, rest in peace to, rim. yeah, rest in peace to uh, Mr. Pops Witherspoon from Friday. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, before we, yeah, before we leave, we didn't do a score prediction. What do you guys have for this game against Missouri? Uh, thirty-five. 14 Gators. So? Yeah, I like, I like a run on that score. I'm going to go 31, 31, uh, 17. I'm going to go 31, 10. And then Cam, hop in. Uh, I like around 34, 13. So. 34, 13. All so all, uh, all like the Gators by, by 17 plus points. So I love it. Uh, who's got the song this week? Hey, quick recruiting cap. We oh, got yeah. a commit from a 2021 oh, yeah. kid, uh, Chief Borders. Uh, who's he teammates with then? Uh, with Carlos Del Rio, that 2021 uh, commit that we have there. Uh, you solid guy has some some really good offers from um, shoot uh, Ohio State, Alabama, um, a few others. Uh, some some decent some real decent program here. Let me find it. Uh, uh, pardon me, Ohio State, Auburn, Arkansas have offered him. He's not rated right now. Um, he does come in as a uh, projected linebacker in the next class. I would imagine that he will be, um, uh, you know, ranked at some point, probably a high three-star, low four-star guy uh, the next time that this uh, that this drops. So, uh, but Chief Borders, that's a, that's a football name for you. Definitely got a football name, got the football dreads. Um, I'll tell you this, fam. Uh, look like an outside linebacker, hand in the dirt linebacker, could go either way, pass rusher guy. Um, I think he looked Film look good. Um, the offer list is, is impressive, but I trust any anything that Grantham and, and Christian Robinson want. I, I trust their fam. You know what I'm saying? It's all working out. And another thing too, man, we're talking about all these hires and, and possible coaching changes. All this stuff affects recruiting. And, yep. and there's about five or six guys on Auburn list that I'm that that I want. We lost out with uh, the Tendenson kid that that's a possible safety. Mm-hmm. Um, also. Uh, the, the Elijah Canyon wide receiver. There was like three or four kids who went head-to-head with Auburn for that if that spot becomes available, that we the kids that we can go back and grab, the guys that we missed on before. So keep an eye on, out on all the coaching changes, assistant coaching changes, new jobs, all that affects recruitment, mm-hmm. man. Man. All right. So, uh, hey, Silk, you want to go over? We had some uh, some big guys come on. Uh, campus this weekend to recruit, you know, mainly at the uh, the running back position. Uh, you want to go over anything there? Um, you had yeah. Uh, we talked about last week who was going to be on campus. Yeah. We we had uh, Jalen Knight, um, Demarcus Kip committed to Mississippi State. We had running backs on campus. I want that's that's another reason why the running back, the way we use running back, is just bothering me all game. Yeah, we had we had so many running backs on campus, guys that we really need. And I didn't see us. I mean, it was a lot of swing passes. It didn't look, anybody, yeah. yeah, it didn't look attractive, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And that, and that bothered me a little bit. That's why I was just like, man, we need get, we got to run the ball because these guys gonna want. They got offers from schools that are that are pounding and running between the yeah. tackles, and we look like we can't do that right now. So, um, but Jalen McKnight, uh, Jalen Knight is probably the biggest name that was on campus. 
Yeah, he didn't official visit, so we could get him back. He's planning to come back for an official visit right before signing day. He's an early signing day guy. And I think it's pretty much with him, it's down, but it's between us. Um, Miami's in it. Yeah. Uh, if, Ohio, if Ohio State's, because uh, before it was down to Florida State and Ohio State, he chose Florida State. So his, his decision making is a little questionable at this point. But I mean, we need running backs, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think I uh, Ohio State might get back in those sweepstakes. It depends on if they miss on another kid. So it's just a lot of dominoes to fall. But running backs, what we everybody's keeping their eye on right now because we need one and we need an elite one. I don't want just anything. It's been some some Bowman smoke out there as well. I don't like. I'm not. You know me. I was. Mm. I've been off that that bus. But the more I, people keep hitting my DMs and I just seen reported on. Shout out to Corey Bender on Rivals. Mm. He's just hinting on something tonight that there's some smoke there and that that door might be opening. And I just heard from several other people that people that I trust that that it might be something going down, man. So keep mm-hmm. an eye on that, man. We can pull that off and maybe get Jalen Knight to go along with those two. We'll have two of these backs. But we'll see. We'll see what the smoke about. Mm-hmm. Be elite. Uh, until there's fire, I'll just uh, you know hope and pray. But. He Not hasn't been visiting up. nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he hasn't been on Clemson campus. Yeah. There's been a whole lot of noise from him in Clemson. So, we, we don't know. We'll see. Um, maybe a little bit of hope out there. If we get him on campus, you know, all bets are off. All bets know? are off. All right, boys. Hey, that was another good show. Some elite guests. Um, yeah, man. We hung out. We did. We hung out heavy. Uh, who's got the song this week? Is it uh, uh, Ahmad? Yes, sir. It's me. Oh, boy. Don't play it through the speaker, bro. I'm trying to find, see if we got a clean version of it. You know, I don't want to. You know, it's, it's clean version. This is a dope show, man. I don't think it's too many kids to do this. All right, man. Hey, man. Hey. It sounds called. It's, not, it's, it's called Uno, man. AMB, uh, what is it? AMBJ? How do you say his name? I thought you were going to play. Uh, this is going to be my uh, first time hearing this one. Twisted Heat, you know? Hey, we, <laughs> hey, we, we, going, to, we going to Missouri Homes. And we're going to party, Holmes. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're full, full L.A. Mexican on us, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Y'all pop it on, you're going to know why. You're going to be like, what? Hey, same corner next week, same, fellas. Stay to be good. next week. We'll see you guys. Peace. Hey, let's party, Holmes. Invite all the bitches. Hundreds and fifties, big old biddies, yeah. Uno, dos, no thrash, you hear me? Hey, hey, it cost a little like this, you hear me? Uno, dos, no thrash, you thought though. We got bitches second nice in a lot though. Big chop, knock a nigga out sapatos. Still getting queso like nachos. Uno, dos, no thrash, you thought though. We got bitches second nice in a lot though. Big chop, knock a nigga out sapatos. Still getting queso like nachos. Hit it from the back, then I tell her no mas. She a freak, had to tell a bitch hola. Bend it over, I want your panocha. She call me poppy, I hit it with no socks. She like, Jay, can I get some dick, pervervore? I'm like, yeah, check it out. Close the door, chopper go blocker. Yeah, we finna up the score. Air pillin' nigga back like a fucking orange. Uno, dos, no thirst, she a tato. We got bitches second nice in the lot, though. Big chop, knock a nigga out sapatos. Still getting queso like nachos. Uno, dos, no thirst, she a tato. We got bitches second nice in the lot, Big chop, knock a nigga out sapatos. Still getting queso like nachos. I tell her pull up on the kid, Mayana. I beat the pussy up like a piano. I tell her work that thing like Rihanna. 
Hit her from the back, she gon' call me Papa. Bend it up, yeah, make it clap quick. Duck in a pussy, yeah, I'm on that sack shit. So fly, put the pick with no caption. My Mexican bitch got an English accent. Uno, dos, no third, she a tato. We got bitches second nice in a lot though. Bitch chop, knock a nigga out sapatos. Still getting queso like nachos. Uno, dos, no third, she a tato. We got bitches second nice in a lot though. Bitch chop, knock a nigga out sapatos. Still getting queso like nachos. Hey, it cost a little like this, you hear me?